What's going on everybody? John out here with you. It is June 5th, 2023. It's a Monday night. How's everybody doing out there today? It's time for game two. Maybe a little bit of pregame though between the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. On this side I will be on the TNT side of the broadcast just to see if there's a little bit less delay with Cooper Hopkins just in case he does join in here. But let's get into the uh, starting lineups for the Florida Panthers, head coached by Paul Maurice. Alexander Barkov, Carter Verhage, Anthony DeClaire, Gustav Forsling, and Aaron Ekblad. Sam Bennett, Nick Cousins, Matthew Kuchuk, Mark Stahl, Brandon Montour. And Tom Lundell, Ryan Lumberg, Sam Reinhart, Eric Stahl, Colin White, and Zach Dolpe. Josh Mahura and Racco Gudis will be the back end defense. And Sergei Bobrovsky will be in goal. For the Vegas Golden Knights, head coached by Bruce Cassidy, it sounds like this. Jack Eichel, Ivan Barbashev, Jonathan Marceau, Alec Martinez, and Alex Petrangelo. William Carlson, Riley Smith, Michael Amadio, Braden McNabb, and Shea Theodore. Chandler Stevenson, Brad Harden, and Mark Stone. Nick Wall, William Carey, and Keegan Colsar. Nicholas Haig and Zach Whitecloud. Aiden Hill will be the goalie in that for the Golden Knights. And I want to get into this because Sportsnet had reported this just before I flipped over the TNT coverage. They're going to go with 11-7, and seven, so it might make you think that Racco Gudis, just in case he's not available to go tonight, he left the warm-ups early, and they're saying he's dealing with some sort of discomfort, but who isn't this time in the postseason? So Racco Gudis could be out or could be in limited time. So keep that in mind as we go through, just in case that does come across. And as far as what the series recap is, it's a one nothing lead in the Stanley Cup Final for the Vegas Golden Knights. They won game one 5-2. Now the score in the game stayed tight for the first 40 minutes. Florida, Eric Stahl got a shorthanded goal. It was a great wraparound from a pass from Lundell. DeClaire scored right off the draw in the second period late. About nine seconds left for the Panthers on that end. But Marceau in front of the net off of Stevenson traffic pass. He drew three Knights with him on that side, finished it up to the Panthers. Marceau was right out in front and finished it. And then Theodore danced across the blue line and was able to get a goal on that side. So Vegas, they took control in the third period. They scored three unanswered in the last stanza. White Cloud off a Duclair shot block. Stone off a Felker Chuck clear off a flipping pass bar down. He got it with the toe of the stick, able to get a nasty wrist shot and drag that in the Riley Smith in the open net. So Aiden Hill, he continues to be the story and low-key con Smythe consideration as far as I'm concerned with everything that he's been doing. Amazing with an against-the-grain paddle save as he stopped 32 shots. That was all over the highlight reels. And Bobrovsky was able to stack the pads like Dominic Hosh. You can do full splits in a save. He took the loss, stopping 29 shots. So I know Cooper and I talked about this from the part of the open into game one and then leading in toward the end. Florida's down a game now, and they're going to go one more game here tonight at T-Mobile before they go to FLA Live Arena. Do you believe Game 2 is a must-win for the Florida Panthers? Because on that side, if this series goes 2-0 and we ship venues to Florida, keep in mind, as we said, that three of the losses up until the five the other day on that side, of the, three of them have come at FLA Live Arena. So we know all about the heroics for the Florida Panthers. But is that going to continue? When you talk about Kachuk on that side for Matthew Kachuk, he's never gone two games without a point since late March. So they're going to need him, as we talked about, but they're also going to need everything else from that second line, Sam Bennett included. Anthony DeClaire got the goal off the wrist, off the faceoff, but it's all the depth. 
Again, when Eric Stahl's one of your best players on that end, and that sounds great as far as depth perception, but that doesn't sound as great as far as winning the game and everything else in its entirety. So we have to keep that in mind. And one more thing as we talk about, I'll get Cooper in here. I know Alec and Ian are listening, and I appreciate you guys on that side. If we do have any situations where there will be uh, something with the Twitter space, then we will uh, figure it out on the speakerphone side, but we'll always be on the back end for the YouTube. So for right now, I've gone to the TNT feed to kind of cut down some of the delay. But as you know, just in case you didn't hear from the Sportsnet side, Racco Gudis may be out of this game. He left warm-ups early, and Elliot Friedman's reporting maybe an 11-7 combination. So maybe no Gudis. We'll see if he's limited tonight. John, good to be alongside you once again. Thanks for having me, and we will see how long... Uh how long our setup holds tonight in terms of the technology, but uh, here's uh, my fingers crossed that we'll be able to keep rolling on Twitter spaces, and uh, we got the boys back listening again. It's going to be very exciting. Game two, uh, already a pivotal game. I mean, you could, of course, say that about any contest in the Stanley Cup final, and I'm very intrigued about what you just reported about Gudis, the first player walking behind Bobrovsky out of the tunnel, Radko Gudis. So we'll see if he's able to go. It looks like he may make a push tonight to be on the ice. All right, good. So we see that there from Elliot Friedman. I just wanted to pass that across before I left the Sportsnet coverage. So I know we talked about this a little bit, Cooper, and you just alluded to it. If there's a possibility tonight that the Florida Panthers go down 2-0 in the series and go to FLA Live Arena, are you starting to uh, tighten that anxiety a little bit if you're Florida? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that with Vegas playing the way that they did throughout the contest uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, you know, listen, this was uh, what I was hoping to see, where the Panthers come out with a really solid push early. That's what they did in game one. Uh, they did not look rusty. They uh, they had the, the better part of the play in the first period. Then things flipped a little bit. And uh, with all things even going into the third period, Vegas did what they could do, and they just put the pressure on and ended up pulling away in that game. Of course, taking the win by a 5-2 final score. So, John, to answer your question, I think if uh, the Panthers take another L this evening, yeah, my uh, my heart started racing, my, my throat gets a little tighter, and I feel a little bit more worried for the Florida Panthers. Uh, they are the underdogs here. They certainly haven't played like it, but I do think that this is as close to a must-win as you can get tonight in Las Vegas. I know it's a different sport, and I know Alex has been covering on the other side for the NBA Finals. But you also have another team in Miami Heat on that side. They were able to even up the series. Do you look at that on the other side? Eric Spolster was able to get it done. If you're Paul Maurice, look, our neighbors right across from us, they're believing in us. We've seen them do it. we got to go out and do that same type of effort. Gritty, whatever it is, at least for me on that end, Cooper, you got to clean up the third period for the Florida Panthers. Yes, they did give up seven penalties on that side, but the game did get away from them at that point. There are some things that Florida does clean it up, stop committing some of these penalties, get more shots, maybe kind of change some puck possessions where they'll dump it in instead of that meet at the blue line where Vegas kind of closed them off. If they can make some of these adjustments, I do feel like they can even the series. Yeah, I think you make some great points there. And, you know, for as long as possible, I'm going to take Paul Maurice's uh, recommendation when he was speaking with the media after game one. Of course, with a smile on his face, he had a pretty memorable quote. Uh, made me uh, recall Aaron Rodgers once upon a time. <laughs> Paul Maurice said, everybody just effing relax. Yeah. It's one game. We're a bunch of professionals. We've gotten this far. We know what to do. And 
He said the word learn a couple of times. We're going to learn, and I think that's very important. Obviously, that's what takes place over the course of a regular season as the team gels and understands what they need to do to improve individually and as a unit, uh, and that's got to happen in fast forward. And so we'll see if that learning took place and uh, if these if these Panthers, led by Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett, uh, can step up when required, John. This is what's, uh, what's at stake tonight. And so, game two, with the anthems now finished, just about to get started, and I'm getting ramped up for it. So now we went for a buffer on that end, and now we have another Vegas staple and Wayne Newton doing the horn. This <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, so we have uh, game one and game two, uh, both boxes have been checked, uh, two Famous gentleman who had <laughs> facial surgeries. That's all I know. <laughs> Wayne Newton, uh, I love him. He looks perpetually surprised. That's all I'm going to say. So hopefully the expression on his face is justified and we'll get some uh, exciting moments tonight. And hopefully my feed's a little bit closer now. I notice in between TBS, TNT, and all that side, and the true side, it's all the same broadcast at all the different speeds. So I went with TNT on this end. So it's Bobrovsky. And Aiden Hill, as they just panned the goalkeepers, and now we have a face-off at center ice. We will see what the first lines are going to be. It looks like the Kachuk line, line two, in the mix with line three of Stone and Chandler Stevenson are out there right now as this is dumped back down the ice. Bobrovsky will play this with the goal stick. Pick it up across the red line as Nick Wan off of a long flip. Immediately, just like game one, we get a stoppage. Yeah, John, this is uh, par for the course for you now. Uh, it just seems that the hockey gods don't want to let you get into a flow right away. Uh, so we'll see how many whistles we get here in the first, you know, 120 seconds or so. But uh, no issues, you know, Bobrovsky gets the paddle working early, and we obviously saw Aiden Hill uh, at a crucial, crucial moment make one of the saves of this playoff year. If not, uh, I mean, we can certainly say in Vegas history that's one of the biggest saves that a Golden Knight goaltender has ever put on the ice. That uh, is memorable for sure. So we'll see which goaltender is called into action first. Yeah, we will see if Aiden Hill continues to be the story because for me it would be a low-key con Smythe consideration. I don't know if enough people are talking about that. As Alexander Barkov, Sasha's got it now near the left side dot. Trying to make a pass to Declare, but this is picked off across the red line where Anthony will get it. Neckblad will throw this around the horn as this will take a bounce in behind the office of Aiden Hill. And Zach Whiteclaw with McNabb will try to get to this, and this will pinball back to the Vegas defense, where they'll have to recollect near the right side. Dot Shea Theodore try to recollect this and keep it in, and Jonathan Marceau will be the lone Vegas Golden Knight, and Mustard Golden on the chase. Again, they are at home at T-Mobile Arena, within the black pants and the red and white striping, and the Florida Panthers are in the away whites with the red striping and the blue on the pant legs. This is a chance now for Chandler Stevenson. Good skate to this. Goes up the five-hole. There's a huge rebound. And this pass attempt goes, goes near the right side. Dot recollected here. And a chance off the fake slapper. It's Nick Haig. He was one that had a big smile on his face when he was taking some punches. He didn't retaliate. And that was a big reason that helped the Vegas Golden Knights stay even keel. As this is backhanded out by the Florida Panthers. They got about 18-15 left to go in this first period. Not a shot on goal to speak of just yet. But Vegas does have a 1-0 lead in this series. It's game two in Las Vegas, Nevada and Sin City. Here is a shovel pass near the right side red line. That's heavily contested, but Vegas very busy and behind the office of Sergei Bobrovsky, now Martinez. But Petrangelo, his shot gets blocked. He's going to pick it back up in a backhanded attempt 
will get sent back around for Stahl. Stahl now and Brandon Montour as they mixed in the defensive lines as this is picked off and a fanned one tee there for William Carlson. Got to be careful with him. One of the longest tenured original Golden Knights has 10 goals so far in the cup playoffs. Kachuk, he gets spun off a hit and near the right side he tries to finish one as Florida will recollect this off the poke check, off the forecheck there, excuse me, and on the other side it's Kachuk. We'll send it back to his defense, just holding the blue line. Here's a long chance that gets blocked out in front of the left side faceoff guy and sent back down the ice by Martinez. So Golden Knights are going to take a change for Bruce Cassidy's squad, and this will allow Florida to start to go left to right in this first period. Vegas will be going right to left, but Florida has iced it. tried to finish a humongous hit on one of the Florida Panthers in the corner. we got to get a number on that one. Yeah, let's take a look. Oh my goodness, I see that hit there, John. I, I, I'm also having trouble getting a number, but the physical play is definitely ramping up, so we may lack scoring chances or clean chances, but uh, clean well, hits, we got a few. It is Racco Gudis. He's the one that delivered the pain. Yes, he certainly did. Now I've seen it on the TNT side as well. Puts the shoulder down and absolutely delivers a bomb right there, right near the penalty box. It's a great hit by Mr. Beardman himself. <laughs> Big Radko Gudis in the lineup and active early. I can tell you one thing. There's a lot of things I can be jealous of, but Radko Gudis' beard is glorious. He looks like a gladiator out there, and he plays like one too. No question about it. That's how I feel about you on the play-by-play, -play, John. If, I, if there's ever a gladiator, it's John Ott. That's, that's what I've said since we first started working together. Um, now you just got to match it with the beard, although that's easy for me to say. I could never, I can't get close. That could take so, me years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, the race starts now. We can check in on each other in 2037. We'll try that. There's <laughs> a slap shot, and it's recollected by Ryan Lumberg, but his pass is going to go back to Bobrovsky. He's going to take a little bit of an outstretch pass from 30 feet. And the Florida Panthers will pick this up in the neutral zone, and Lindell's is going to throw this back to Bob. And Florida will look to start again. A little bit of a discombobulated start as we get an offside. 16.30 left to go. I guess Cooper did nail that this is part of the course for me. Yeah, so, you know, what we're seeing here from Florida, I think, is uh, what I'm determining to be an interest in not playing it safe, but setting up their game, trying to build uh, some momentum, getting out of their own zone and really building through the neutral zone. I haven't seen them grab much momentum in that direction just yet, but uh, lots to be lots to be determined here. And pardon my distraction, I actually saw a deflection there that went just wide of Aiden Hill to his left in a previous sequence. So that was actually close to opening the scoring here, even though the Panthers just have the one shot. Vegas has a three-on-two rush. It's Alex Petrangelo, but the shot gets blocked by Forsling, and Bobrovsky will have to brush it aside with the left goal stick. I think he lost it, though, 
as it is right out in front of him. Vegas providing a screen in front, and there's another chance as Florida is in desperation to try to get this stick to Bob, and now it's a break the other way. Carter Verhage, backhand stop by Aiden Hill. My goodness, John, this is it. Aiden Hill doing what he does after a, a frantic sequence and then a blown tire the other way. Verhage pulls away with speed through the neutral zone. We were just talking about neutral zone play. And uh, you know what? Verhage did it himself right there on the outlet pass. And Aiden Hill closes the five-hole door at the last possible second to keep this game tied at zero. What a moment. I know there was a lot of controversy between some ESPN coverage and the uh, post-game or sports net. They were saying Aiden Hill's a little bit nonchalant, a little bit unorthodox as far as him saves. But I mean, when you stop 32 out of 34, how much complaining can you really do? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't necessarily agree with And Now I've seen the sequence, John, that we were talking about. Yes, the paddle was was lost, and Bobrovsky had to get it handed back to him by a teammate. But both goalies now having some uh, heart-in-the-throat moments for sure. <laughs> Montour with a quick wrister. This one's stopped by the pad of Aiden Hill, and this will get sent back down. So Vegas has iced it. They can't make any personnel changes. 15.39 left in the first frame. Well, yeah, so the Panthers, it took them about, I'm not even five minutes yet, but uh, I think that breakaway has really opened up things for them. We'll see if that uh, builds some power in terms of their offensive game. Aiden Hill, we get the close-up on the TNT side right there. Uh, just like we commented about Bobrovsky in game one, there just seems to be a relaxation. And the media can say what they want, but Aiden Hill is obviously locked in and had to make a huge stop early on. Absolutely. I, w I couldn't think anything less on the other end as Kachuk. We'll make a sauce pass back to his defense. And here's another failed flip. This is going to allow Vegas. That's a good reverse hit there by Bennett. But it's still in the zone. As William Carlson will put this around the net. He's trying to locate Riley Smith. A pair of number 19s. As Kachuk will get this one out. And now Howden will play this ahead. As Vegas will pick this up off the backhand. Here's Riley Smith. And this one will be stick saved by Bobrovsky. Up into the netting and out of play. John, so a question for you. I mean, at this point, I don't think it's necessarily important to try to determine who has the upper hand. We've seen a few chances now both ways. I would say Vegas has had a little more success uh, maintaining some time in the Ozone, but do you think that the uh, momentum meter, which I guess we're going to trademark after our calls yeah. in the Stanley Cup Final, do you think that uh, there's anything significant in that arena yet, or is it too early to tell? I think it's still early now, but we what we can say, what you just alluded to, is the puck possession for Vegas is certainly in more danger territories, and Florida is one of those ones that can lay out the hits. We just saw the one from Sam Bennett. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Sam Bennett, uh, he can do it all. Definitely has that grinder mentality, but also the soft hands around the net, so we'll keep an eye on number nine in white. So McNabb, his pass, and this is nicely recollected by Chandler Stevenson. Gives it right back to him, and he gets upended there by Ekblad, but he's able to stay with it. Vegas now has this near the right side dot as Florida just tries to chip this off the backhand, and they'll look to get going. They'll flutter this in across the red line. Aiden Hill will... Vacate the goal crease, but only for a moment, as this is a contested puck, but it's picked up by the mustard gold. Chandler Stevenson will send it back out there. And again, we talk about the depth, but what a luxury it is for Vegas to have a player like Stevenson on the third line. Are you kidding me? As this is sent back around now for Amadio and Carrier, as this will get ripped back around the net for Ryan Lumberg, and the chip pass is recollected at the blue line, but it's not kept in. 14.08, Vegas is going off sides. 
I'm seeing from Florida here, John, is a little bit better movement. I know I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm just focusing on a couple of key points throughout this first period. Florida does seem to be doing a little bit better as this game warms up of finding smart, short passes in their D zone and transitioning to the neutral zone. So they have numbers going forward through that neutral space and then at least trying to establish in the ozone that's been the difficult part so far early in this game vegas as we were just saying a little more success in that arena so we'll see if the panthers can keep building i agree with you that's what florida needs to establish and i also think we keep in the back of our mind how many times florida might turn it over in their own end because florida was known as a proponent of getting here forcing other teams to make mistakes and capitalizing on the forecheck. Well, it seems like Vegas has done a lot. They get a huge hit on the other end again. It's Martinez. Into the traffic. It's loose out in front, but Wah can't get a stick on it. That's been some thunderous hits for Vegas. And now Lombard. He's able to find the traffic, and he's going to get triple team near the bench. My goodness. Vegas starting to look a little bit like Florida. Ryko Gudis will send this one in, and now Keegan Colsar will get a safe flip the other way. This goes across the Vegas Golden Knights logo, and another reverse hit. Vegas able to keep the pressure off the spin and a diving play as Florida Lombard will just get this out, but this will be recollected by Ivan Barbashev, who lays a big one, and now there's a penalty out of the air, and players are going to meet at center ice for sure. Oh, John, so much going on in just the last shift alone, if not the last two huge hits. The fans at T-Mobile Arena on their feet, and guess who we're, whose name we're saying again? It's Ivan Barbashev. We're expecting him to be a goal scorer, John, but 49 in the mustard gold lays an absolute boom down on the Panthers. And yeah, the, the both teams come together at the logo at center ice, but it looks like Barbashev is he going to know there's going to be no penalty here against Barbashev? Do we have the call, John? I saw a hand in the air. I'm going to pull up the ESPN box score. What I do see is Josh Mahura got hit again. I mentioned that a lot in game one. I kind of wonder if there's going to be a target on his back. We're going to break right now. I saw a hand in the air, but right now I don't see any official penalties. But hold on. It just updated. Ryan Lumberg cross-checking against Nick Waugh at 639. Wow, okay, so thank you for that official update, and we did get some slow-mo replays there on the TNT side. Yeah, you saw Mahura taking hits, uh, Kolasar throwing them, and then that Barbashev hit could be questionable. I think when folks see that replay, I'm not sure, I believe the hit was against Gudis. Did Gudis take the uh, rough end of that mm -hmm. hit there, John? Yes, he did. Yeah, I think that when we see it again, and I hopefully they give us uh, give it to us one more time coming out of the commercial break, uh, it looked to be a little high. It looked like those hands, Barbashev's hands, which threw the kind of the majority of the momentum forward. Uh, those were up above the collarbone area. I don't say that he was headhunting by any means, but it was a close one. So it's interesting that this first man advantage will be going to Vegas. That was the situation a couple of nights ago, and uh, ultimately, we know how that one worked out. It was Eric Stahl scoring the first yeah. of the game on a shorty. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see that again, but I will uh, key into what you just talked about, the physicality and all of that. We normally see that on the Florida side. I'm not saying Vegas can't do that, but one of their parts of the strength is more all around. And I kind of wonder if you see some of those other hits that it might feed into the energy of Florida because they love to play that way. It's just an afterthought, but I'm just wondering. No, I think that's a great thing to think about. It's certainly something that we're going to keep our eye on and comment on as we continue here. Um, but, yeah, I am absolutely fascinated by the fact that uh, Vegas, absolutely willing, more than willing, if you're taking uh, evidence from this first period, to really throw the body. Uh, they are 
at home. They want to make the most of this opportunity. Uh, I think they can feel themselves uh, growing in confidence after the way they played uh, throughout the first game of the series. And now we get the close-up. Ryan Longberg, former Flame, he is uh, seated in the penalty box. He will be there for two minutes. The Vegas Golden Knights with the first power play of the night, John. So Reinhardt going to have to go ahead and take the draw against one of the best to do it this year in Chandler Stevenson, and that's no surprise. Alec Martinez has it now. Jack Eichel, been a little bit quiet on the scoreboard, but he's never quiet on the ice. It's Shea Theodore. Send the pass across for Marceseau. Marceseau works this in behind it off the backhand, and this goes up the stick shaft of Bobrovsky as Vegas will just keep this in across the blue line, able to walk right into the right side, down and scores! Vegas is out in front! It's Marcuso! Marcuso, John Ott, that is a big play right there from one of the biggest players on the Golden Knights roster, and the exact opposite of what Vegas experienced in the first game of the Stanley Cup Final when they were scored against on the power play. This time it takes them just a handful of seconds and a ripping wrister up top high over Bobrovsky's glove makes it one nothing. Vegas already starting to squeeze down on the Panthers here in game two, John. I know it's a kill, but that's way too much time for Marceau able to walk in, aim, and fire, isn't it? No question about it. Uh, a great observation from you. They did not close him down. He's able to step in from outside the circle, walk in toward the dot. He literally builds momentum for himself. I don't want to overuse that word, but he creates space and time. And I also, big credit to the pass, snapped across, and he sees the window, makes no mistake. We'll see if Vegas can keep it going here. They're looking good early. So for me right now, I'm going to say the next six minutes, they're heavily important for Florida. It's iced against Vegas right now, but I want to see how they respond, and I'd like to almost see it immediately, Cooper, because Vegas is a team that can definitely bury you. Yeah, and this is what we've been talking about. And I, mean, I know we didn't do an official quote-unquote keys to the game sequence uh, in the opening there. We were just getting ourselves set uh, for this game too. But as we're here now, this has become my top key to the game. Florida has to establish themselves in the offensive zone. And as I recall game one, those times were few and far between. I'm not saying that they were failing in that regard, John, but right now, to your point, they must respond. I want to see something buzzing. I want to see some cycling, getting pucks high to low, low to high, and give themselves a chance to at least pull the rope back in their direction. Absolutely. We're looking at Riley Smith right now. Did he take a puck up to the hand or something like that? He's going to the, uh, not leaving, but he's going to the player's bench. Yeah, interesting. It looks like he's got a glove partway off, uh, and I think and thank you for jamming. Uh, excuse me, uh, going with the TNT feed. Maybe he jammed himself a thumb potentially. He could have yeah. blocked a shot with the, the the fist there, but looks like he's not going to have to go to the room. So we'll do this draw again. It'll be an opportunity for Reinhardt, and then when we get to the commercial break, I'll let you know how bad uh, the delay is on the other side because I wanted to make sure that was a little more close from game one, and then we had to deal with some speakerphone stuff because the Twitter space went down. There was a lot. We'll give you a recap when we get to the commercial break as this is picked up now near the right side red line. Here's reverse hit, and Kachuk able to dispossess one of the VGK players of the puck, and now it's keeping Colsar off the drop for Hag. And there'll be a combination play. Colsar will get this back around. And William Carrier again, the fourth line here, but only a name only on that side for Bruce Cassidy's squad. They could do as much damage as a three, even sometimes two with a lot of injuries. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Aaron Ekblad, he'll spin. 
And he's going to let the rest of his forward and the defense take a change. Aaron Ekblad will get this toward the right side red line. Again, Jonathan Marceau, we have to keep this in mind. He was part of the expansion draft as the Florida Panthers let him go. In Vegas, he's just been doing continued damage. So that'll be another storyline. William Carlson, as this goes near the right side of the boards, here's a bomb of a slap shot blocked right out in front. But no Vegas player was near the right side of the red line. But Trangelo lets it go. And there's a sacrificial shot block there for Stahl. Mark Stahl, the former Red Wing. As this is picked up now toward the right side red line. Carlson with a no-look backhanded pass. And now Declare will flip this. This stays away from the Florida players bench as it's still live. Florida does gain the entry toward the right side duck. Now works in behind the net. Here's an opportunity. This one will get blocked out in front. I have to make sure I pick up a number on that one. I think that's one of the Florida Panthers that were just inserted into this lineup as it's sent back around for Bobrovsky. And now we'll start again with Montour. As Montour off an outstretched pass, this will get picked off by Vegas. This is not iced, so we're still underway now with 10.30 left to go in the first. There's a good hit by Montour as Florida tries to keep this alive near the right side red line. Noticing a lot of four-flying time now as Ryan Lumberg is back out there, but this is Theodore's pass, and this will be picked up by Montour. He'll make sure he eludes a hit as the backhand is safely across the red line, and Vegas was in the midst of a line change the other way. 10.05 left to go in the first. Vegas has the lead. Marceau's got the only goal, 6-3. to three. Shots on goal as we're through halfway of the first period. Stevenson backhanded play, but this is picked off by Racco Gudis. Racco Gudis still in some trouble, though, as Barbashev able to get the steal. Marceau with a short side chance. That was blocked aside by Bobrovsky, but it's still dangerous near the left side of the red line. Florida with Stahl will make a pass for Ekblad, and this goes in between his legs, but Florida is able to at least gain the red line, but here comes Vegas one more time. A delayed hit takes one of the Golden Knights offsides, so they'll have to wait for the entry again. I still didn't think Barbashev was onside, but uh, still underway here, I guess. Aaron Ekblad has seen pass right down the middle, and now Kachuk will spin, keep this alive toward the right face-off dot. He's still with it. He's being hounded, though, and now he's toward the right side of the boards off his back no look pass between the legs. Florida able to gain the entry now the left side red line picking up off the backhand is Alexander Barkov now for Verhege trying to walk into a slap shot falls to Montour instead his shot gets blocked off of the back of one of the Golden Knights and Declare flubs on a pass so Florida will have to go back. Now we're finally starting to get some momentum here is Declare. This is Verhege his wrist shot gets blocked in Vegas right there with Nick Waugh to get it out. It's Riley Smith off a one on two. He's patient off his back and he'll chip it in deep. Nick Wall's going to win the race and behind the net now. Block shots are six to four. That's a storyline too because Vegas usually way out in front of that. They can average about 18 and a half a game. Reinhardt. Now with Bennett. As this gets blocked, there's a backhand pass. It's saved from Bobrovsky off Amadio. Of and now Florida has to get away from a reverse hit. Sam Reinhardt does, but now Vegas has puck possession one more time. They'll slap shot this thing around the red line from 100 feet. And now an opportunity for Reinhardt to chip and chase this one down the ice, but Vegas has this. Shea Theodore, it's a lot of puck possession for VGK right now, and they're already in front. It's kind of the same storyline. Here's an opportunity trying to find for Carlson, but... One of the Golden Knights gets taken down. Here's a developing three-on-two. Reinhardt with the drop pass for Lindell. He tried to go for the top part of the crossbar and fired it wide as nobody was back there on the Florida defensive side. 
And this will be sent back here. Now Florida will get a chance to look to start again. I'll make sure we get to the commercial break. I get my number for number four on that side for the Panthers. My apologies. As this is sent back around now, Vegas will recollect. And across the red line, as this is heavily contested against Nick Haig, he'll have to spin. Kachuk still trying to locate this thing. And now another double hit on that side. Is Kachuk still trying to pry this loose? But Vegas will pick it up. 7.15 left to go in the first. Here's Stevenson. Little toe drag. Now a short side chance stopped by Bobrovsky. The puck is loose. And now Kachuk will get it as we're getting continuous action here. Still seven shots to three, though, for Vegas. Here's a wrister. This goes wide off the kick play. Kachuk will send this back around to D. The shot from Ekblad gets blocked. And now Ivan Barbashev will pick this up off his backhand as it's intercepted. This stays on sights. But Florida needs some reinforcements as they'll send this back around the horn. Kachuk still looking at near the right side dot again. He hadn't gone two games without a point since late March on that side, so we're expecting some big things as we all are. There's a flip in by Dabrowski, takes no chances, he holds on. We get a first stoppage in a while, 6.35 left. Well, John, big credit to you for taking, uh, I think, the longest unbroken sequence of play that we've gotten so far in the last, uh, you know, four periods or so, and, and there were no whistles there. You were uh, really... Really on duty for sure, and uh, the Panthers were as well. There were a couple of moments there where Vegas was uh, creating some danger. There was a shot in particular that handcuffed Bobrovsky. It came uh, from down low, coming off the near boards, and I thought he was going to swallow that one up, but it came out for a rebound. Ultimately, it was cleared away, but uh, the Panthers still not really able to grab a full hold of this game. I would say that Vegas so far, I mean, the obvious uh, piece of data there is the fact that they lead this game by a score of one to nothing after the March or so power play goal, but uh, the Panthers still finding their footing just a little bit in trying to uh, pull, it, uh, pull up that momentum meter in their direction. Yes, they are. And here's a roster note for me. The number four on that side for defense in the back end line is Casey Fitzgerald. He's the one that goes ahead and slots in. As far as the stuff in game one on that end, we'll just I want to give a clarification to everyone that's listening or does listen on that side. So there was an issue with the Twitter space on that end. So there's going to be some... Uh, GLP gubernatorial type things I heard on that side. So what they were doing was measuring the spaces and making sure they can have groups of like 50 or more. We're not going to have that now. But I think all the other uh, issues on the space have subsided. If we do need to do speakerphone situations, we will. There was a little bit of buzz on my end because I had to charge my phone at the same time. So my apologies on that end for the third period side. But we shouldn't have any issues today. Yeah, we are uh, we are as locked in as we can be, and as locked in as Aiden Hill has been. <laughs> he has really, uh, other than the Verhicke breakaway, really had to uh, stand on his head by any means in early in this uh, game too. Now, Bobrovsky again, we were just talking about uh, some shots that he faced, which ultimately resulted in rebounds. Uh, I think he has done well to uh, keep this game at one. Nothing. There haven't been any real grade A or A-plus chances for Vegas beyond the power play tally. Uh, but Bobrovsky, again, being relied upon relatively heavily, uh, at least in comparison to his counterpart across the ice. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder. I'm not going to say the big cat, but I am kind of thinking about that a little bit because you're going to have to stand on your head maybe a little bit just to get Florida chance to even up this series. And they've depended on Bobrovsky, and you know he's got the... Uh, $10 million or more as far as that cap hit, but we know what kind of goalie he can be. He can be an absolute Russian wall. As Anthony DeClaire will try to finish off a hit here. And now this might be... 
I thought I heard an inadvertent whistle. Yes, I did. So we're going to see what the call is going to be. I think it's going to go against the Panthers. Paul Maurice is going to be none too pleased. Yeah, you're right. He's going to be frustrated, as are Panthers fans everywhere. And I am waiting to get final details here, John. We do have just a slight delay still, yeah. despite the fact that we're both on the TNT side. So uh, not to put the pressure right back on you with uh, the responsibilities of play-by-play, -play, but if you're seeing the, uh, the official word, please let me know. I see what it is. So Declare got his hit, and then Montour came back, finished late in the back of the head, and that was a penalty. And Paul Maurice is absolutely livid now. He's giving it to the referees. Well, well, first of all, I am seeing that hit, and yeah, Montour doubles up after Duclair uh, throws the first hit, so Montour, yeah, and boy, Maurice really, really livid. He's pointing at the replay. <laughs> I think what he's claiming, John, is that it was, it was sort of an inadvertent glancing blow with the uh, glove on the right hand, but the referees were right there, Maurice screaming, and uh, Montour can't believe it. He's trying to cover the penalty box GoPro cam with the blade of his stick. I think what it is, is it was a part of the stick got a piece of the helmet on that end. It got back of the head of the hit. So off of the double team, that's certainly what it seemed like. So Vegas one for one on the power play, two shots, and we talked about. It was a substandard power play percentage, at least about 16%. And this one goes dangerously across the crease. And now Jack Eichel will flip this in. Here's a touch pass. Stevenson doesn't shoot for some reason. My goodness. He had Bobrovsky dead to rights who was down in the butterfly as this puck gets cleared. And now Vegas has an opportunity with Shea Theodore. That was giving me Steven Stamkos flashbacks. It wasn't that long ago last year. I know we commented on that as this is cleared in by Eichel nicely. But this will go right back to the Florida penalty killers who will flip this back down the ice. Hill. We'll take a look just to make sure there isn't any traffic in front of him. And now it's Shea Theodore as he'll recollect this now. Vegas still 55 seconds left to go on their power play. About five minutes left to go in this opening frame. Barbashev off the drop pass as Florida will brush this at least back into Vegas' defense. And it goes to Alex Petrangelo and now with William Carlson. Carlson and across the red line as they'll flip this. And across the boards, Wabrowski will take a look at it as this will go D to D. Now for William Carlson. Set it back up in the high slot for Petrangelo. It was more of a shot pass opportunity, but now this will be one more time for Carlson. He's in a severe angle near the left side of the red line. He still decided to let one go. Wabrowski taking a look in the butterfly as one of the Golden Knights lost their stick. And Petrangelo will recollect this. 16 seconds left to go in the power play, and we get a stoppage. Well, little victories, John. So this uh, penalty kill for the Florida Panthers has uh, at least gone better than their first attempt. Obviously, they were scored on in about, I think it took about 20 seconds or so. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Panthers, you cannot get yourself really fully into a game if you're constantly on the back foot. Uh, but my goodness. Uh, and then, John, I think we're also seeing, a, a, you might have just commented on this, now the Panthers will have a chance to get on the front foot because uh, after about 16 seconds, the Panthers will be on a power play after a hooking call. It looks like there's a hook just on the back of it from Nick Waugh against Mark Stahl. So Florida, after 16 seconds, they'll get an abbreviated power play. We're right at 4.22. Left to go on the first. The shots on goal read 9-3. to I guess if you want to read into it, 11 out of the 12 victories so far for Florida have all come on being outshot. Kachuk into the screen. You can read that into what you will, but there's a ton of wins that way. Chandler Stevenson has it as he gets us across the red line. Now he 
wanted to spin back. He'll throw this to his defense, and now Florida's power play is going to start with some Vegas puck possession. Chandler Stevenson will long flip this in. Sergei Bobrovsky will play it across. The one thing we can note about Bob is he will not play the puck if there's any sort of traffic in front of him. He will hold on to it. He expects his team to win draws, so he won't put them in precarious situations. But I could speak it into existence. Who knows? As Kachuk has it near the right side of the red line. And now the face-off dot. This will go D to D for Montour. This will be recollected by Sasha Barkov, captain C. Give it back to Montour now as this goes D to D. Barkov, that's a quick wrist shot. It's a loose puck. Kachuk tried to play it in between his legs. And Bennett tried to find it as this got shot in behind the net. Where have we seen that before? Barkov, he's got it near the right side dot. Here's an opportunity for Montour. Gives it back to Barkov. Here's an extra pass. Back at an opportunity. And this one goes wide. Reinhardt has it now. Florida's looking dangerous. Fake the bomb. Kachuk sends it back. Here's a big save by Hill. One of the Panthers goes crashing to the goal crease, and I bet that was Kachuk. As this gets cleared down the ice, and now Aiden Hill wants to slash at Matthew. As we're still alive, we're definitely getting Cooper's thoughts on that when we get a stoppage. Aiden Hill now. He'll go play this one, and White Claude will send this back down deep. As this will go to Ackblad, here's a touch pass for Hagee. Good save by Hill. He has been absolutely locked in. Clearing attempt bounces off one of the Golden Knights. But Carlson, no matter, he'll pick it up. As this gets flipped down the ice. Go ahead, Cooper. Give me your thoughts. Wow, John, so much to talk about here. First of all, this is what we were just talking about, saying that the Panthers are going to have trouble getting onto the front foot if they're constantly killing penalties. Well, guess what? They get a little bit of luck. They get a hooking call in their favor. They get a truncated power play and make the most of it by... Uh, by far and away, John, their best chances of the night, and that's what you hope for when you have an extra man on the ice. So close to scoring and tying this game multiple times, but we've got to keep an eye on Matthew Kachuk and Aiden Hill. Kachuk goes diving into the net after a rebound, and then Aiden Hill, as Kachuk goes for a change, takes a, basically a baseball bat to his John! I was stepping all over you just so I could steal a goal call! On the other end of the ice, the Vegas Golden Knights... Make it two to nothing with just over two minutes to go in the first period. It's Stone once again. I'm sorry, my friend. You're good. I'm glad that we took it on that side because it was a beautiful transition. And here's another opportunity off of some passes as Martinez will get this near the left dot. I know it's a counter, but again, this is another opportunity. I'll throw it out to you, Cooper. There's too much time and space. Yeah, absolutely. They're letting these players for Vegas walk in from above the circles. And Martinez right there, I thought it was, I actually apologize, it was Stone in the celebration. Martinez, the Stanley Cup winner with that left-handed shot, comes up from his defensive position, steps into the space, John, and makes no mistake. So Bobrovsky's been beaten glove side on the first wrister. Now he's been beaten blocker side. And now we see the replay. And this is what I was talking about. Of course, I was monologuing and I apologize as we're back underneath the action. Lots to talk about so John you take it. Well again I know we said maybe the next goal on my end it need to be for Florida. I think if Vegas takes a 3 nothing lead I hate to say this early in the game but they take a 3 nothing. Whoa what a save the other way. What I was going to say if they go up another one I think this game might be done but Bobrovsky not done yet. Here's a chance off another long wrister for Petrangelo it's all Vegas. As this is sent around now, and Florida, they certainly beat some of the best teams to get here. 
But Vegas, they're showing you why. They've been the best in the West. They've been hungry for this thing since 2018. Nick Cousins off the back pass. I think Florida is offsides. Yes, they are. Here's another Vegas counter. Here's a touch pass. I'm surprised there's no cross check the other way against the Florida Panthers. That could have been 3-0, but it was allowed. Here's Kachuk off the sauce, a late arriving player. Here's Montour now as the pass goes off the right side wall. And here's a slap shot, big rebound, but a good brush away by Vegas. Boy, are they good at that in front of the net. Aiden Hill makes that first save, and they put that puck right out the other way. And now Forsling. Down to 25 seconds. I mean, the shots on goal read 11 to 8, but I feel like we've gone about through five or six goals already. This has been a complete workout. As this is a golfed pass in toward the red line side and flipped in now. Down to 10 seconds. Vegas, everybody feeling good as players are falling all over themselves and losing their stick. Down to three seconds now. Immersively, that's going to end the first period, but there's going to be some bumps and bruises. Wow, bumps and bruises and uh, and some golden memories, no pun intended, for these Knights fans, John, because uh, Vegas is really putting their foot on the gas here. I apologize. I was putting my foot on the gas a little too hard in terms of my comments about the Florida Panthers' power play. Uh, and I, I stand by what I said. I think anyone who's got an, uh, an eye or ear on this game will acknowledge that Florida had a great power play effort and came close to scoring a small handful of times, John. And then Vegas turns right around when they're back to uh, even strengths and Martinez taking the room that you have really intelligently pointed out. The Panthers collapsing around Bobrovsky. I'm not saying going into a shell, but definitely leaning into that conservative defensive uh, shape. Martinez steps in, just like his teammate Marcheseau had on their power play. He fires a wrister, and Bobrovsky can't be expected to save everything, John. Uh, I mean, these are human beings. They're going to let one in from time to time. It just so happens that in this first, Bobrovsky lets in two. It's a 2 nothing lead for Vegas. And, uh, yeah, the Panthers really have to look at themselves in the mirror in the dressing room right now. So, 7.05, Jonathan Marceau is 11th on the par play from Stevenson and Eichel. And Alec Martinez with Ivan Barbashev and Jonathan Marceau. So, the original Golden Misfits already got a pair of points. And it was all of them getting the points in Game 1 on that side. So, how about that for stepping up? But that previous sequence, when we talk about the power play and then Aiden Hill... Man, he's no hesitancy to throw some punches on that end when you get in there. I, look, I know Matthew Kachuk was all the way inside the goal crease, but Aiden Hill is not allowing himself to be pushed around. I think he's played pretty masterful for the first four periods in this series. Yeah, there's no question about it and really no other way to describe it. Uh, I mean, you know, I think that there's uh, something to be said when you're, you're being uh, described the way we described him as uh, relaxed, focused, uh, almost, uh, this is what we talked about Bobrovsky as well, but it definitely applies to Hill, where there's almost a, an air of disinterest. You know, the goalies are known for being their own breed, and, and Aiden Hill certainly is one of them. But, you know, this time around, when it's called for, he is willing to turn up the heat, uh, you know, and consequences be damned. And he goes right after right. Matthew Kachuk as Kachuk leaves the crease, and I think that speaks to the type of game that Vegas has been showing here uh, throughout this first period and, and I imagine will continue to carry into the period, excuse me, periods two, three and beyond. There is a fire to the Vegas Golden Knights right now. They are not relying on home ice advantage. They're not relying just on their skill. Uh, they're making the most of their opportunities, John. Uh, and it starts from the crease out. 
uh, is Aiden Hill, who is uh, the, the foundation of this Vegas squad, and they're looking fantastic tonight. Yes, they are. So I know in Game 1 and Intermission, we got all the we got through all the Craig Conroy stuff, and we had a great discussion. we still got some other GM work to do, so I'm going to do this in the first intermission. And the second intermission, I believe you said you're going to be all the way through at least regulation. So if you do get to the second intermission, I do have a uh, surprise topic, but I think we'll have a good conversation about that. But let's get into the other GMs. Brad Living, now the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Kyle Dubas in as Penguins GM. What say you? Well, we'll start with, uh, with, with, of course, you know where I'm going to go first. I'll start with the former Flames GM of almost a decade, Bradshaw Living. Um, you know what I found very interesting? I didn't expect myself to feel a little pang of regret when I saw the news. I mean, obviously, I had already come to terms with the fact that Trey uh, Living was moving on and, and leaving his position as general manager of the Flames. Um, I find it uh, intriguing that he was able to stay in a Canadian market. And no, of course, I understand there are only a certain number of GM jobs that are open. Uh, but I think he has a real expertise. Uh, I think there is a, sort of a calm confidence about him that will be served very well uh, in Toronto. And of course, he's going to he's gonna feel, we're talking about heat, the biggest Golden Knights are turning up the heat in this game. But uh, the media in Toronto, the epicenter of the hockey world, are going to turn up the heat when necessary on your living. And I think he's just the right man to uh, to handle that kind of pressure. Uh, obviously, he is stepping into a situation with uh, the, the core four, if you will. Uh, some big names in Toronto, led, of course, by Austin Matthews. Um, and ch choices are going to have to be made, uh, not only in this offseason, but uh, in very near future offseasons to uh, determine if that core of the Toronto Maple Leafs, which, uh, you know, has done more in this most recent postseason than they the, the franchise had done in 20 years. Um, that says something, but True Living is going to have a big responsibility and a big expectation to keep that progress moving forward and not let Toronto slide backwards. I have confidence in him. John, do you as well after having seen what he did with the Flames over those many years? I do. I think I loved one of the comments that he mentioned after even being introduced in Toronto. He goes, look, honestly... I love Matthew Kachuk. I wish everything could have worked out. I was glad for, that he was forthright about everything else he needed to do alongside the trades. I did everything I can do, and I'm going to do everything I can do in Toronto to make sure that they get a good team on that side and win the cup. Yeah, great summary right there. Um, you know, obviously, I, I wish him the best, and uh, I think hockey is always stronger when we talk about some of those premier markets. You and I have talked about uh, hockey being better. Uh, and, and to your credit, you haven't led this conversation. I, it's usually been me, the one to, to step up and say it, but I know that you agree. When teams like the Detroit Red Wings are, are stronger and, and really pushing, obviously the, that rivalry from uh, the 90s with the Colorado Avalanche, so famous, uh, and now we're looking at uh, big, big, big markets with big, big names. Um, and Bradshaw Living, I think, will, will lead Toronto uh, into a, a really exciting era, which is just now fully beginning. On the other side of things, John, the Kyle Dubas hire, I also like this hire, but we have a different situation. We also have a group of, of core players, and I think it's a little bit less about who is in the GM seat and a little bit more about what is left to squeeze out of the sponge of the Sidney Crosby, uh, Malkin, and Latangs of the world, uh, John. And, and, and I don't want to just pass it right back to you, but I'm curious, uh, maybe we can just have a little back and forth here. 
do you think that that core will even be together more than, say, one more season? It's going to be a really interesting challenge for Kyle Dubas. And, of course, he's going to be at the epicenter of those decisions. But, uh, you know, we may be actually even talking about um, all three of those players moving on or potentially retiring. So uh, what, what do you think about the Penguin situation? So I will say this because I know Alec is listening in and he knows a lot about all that stuff, but I will give him credit. He had the quote of the century on that side, and it always made me laugh, but he goes, Toronto won a playoff series. What did it cost them? It cost them everything. It cost them Kyle Dubas on that side. Here's the deal. I'm going to answer your question and say yes. I think they only probably last for about a year or maybe two at most. But the the thing with Kyle Dubas was interesting because Brendan Shanahan, I know him well from the uh, Red Wings side for the most part in the back half of his career and winning some cups, but he's the president of operations considering all the other stuff. And for Kyle Dubas, look, he's a guy that was, again, I'm 36 years old. Kyle Dubas, I believe, is a, a year older than I am, and he's already been the GM, I think, of Toronto about 9 or 10 years. So he knows all about pressure, especially in those Canadian markets. But I think what Dubas was a little bit frustrated in was the amount of types of people and just how many he had to answer to as far as making his decisions. When he goes over now in Pittsburgh, I have to believe, Cooper, that he's going to get complete autonomy, and he's going to be the part and parcel, the ask and answer. When a trade gets done, the only person he has to answer to is himself. He made the right comments as far as Latang, Mulkin, and Crosby, and thanked them for everything else that he'd done. And I'm sure it's going to be about a season or two, but no doubt in my mind, considering he built everything with the core four and helped with all the stuff in the draft, he's going to be able to make something good in Pittsburgh. But he's got a lot of work out in front of him, but I do feel like he can do it because he did a really good job in Toronto. I know there's so much pressure about everything else, but let's be honest. If it was the Red Wings or the Calgary Flames or even Alec, I know he's living on the Carolina side now, if you can go ahead and give me uh, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Willie Nylander and put them all on the same team, I'm taking it too. Oh yeah, no question about it, uh, and definitely big, big credit to Alec. Uh, I, I know he's got the knowledge. I know you two uh, work together frequently, and so uh, yeah, John, this is uh, this is going to be a fascinating off season because these guys are going to have to get to work right away. And I know there are some restrictions. Uh, I was listening to some coverage, uh, uh, NHL uh, Network Radio. And there are some restrictions in place, uh, some minor limitations for uh, GMs that come in. Obviously, uh, Trilliving having uh, deep knowledge of mm-hmm. Calgary Flames strategies, uh, drafting strategies, etc. Uh, you could say the same for Kyle Dubas as well. I don't think any of that will, uh, will really come into play in, in a noticeable way. But I'm more excited, uh, thinking less about the technicalities, I'm more excited to see what kind of mark they try to make early on. Um, you know, because they have such big personalities on their rosters, it's sort of what pieces do we see uh, get assembled around those those pillars that may or may not make the team better. It's, it's why it's fascinating. It's what we uh, tune in for uh, during the offseason. And I think uh, I have full faith that both of these guys are going to make some really shrewd moves and make both teams better. I do, too. I know, as I said in the second intermission, I have a long-form discussion I'm going to save. I also have something that I want to talk about as far as coaches, but I'll save one of them for the second period, or or second intermission, because I think I'm going to have some spicy comments that you don't want to miss. As far as the quick hitters, though, John Hines is out for the coach of the Nashville Predators. They're going to grab former Panthers coach 
Andrew Brunette. And you know what? I think that's going to be a great hire because I think Brunette was at least part of that for the Cardiac Cats of last year in the President's Trophy. So it's good to see him get another opportunity because, you know, Nashville is always around it. I know they have won cups, but they're always a good squad. The Capitals get Spencer Carberry. He was in the Toronto system part of the Marlies. He's a power play savant, and that's what the Caps will want to try to do. Maybe not so many one-teased Alex Ovechkin anymore. Who knows on that side? And do the Flames, because Gerard Gallant is up and available. Is he maybe the next target for Calgary? Yeah, I think, John, that you have to consider Gallant a frontrunner. Uh, there's just such a wealth of experience there. And I think that what he has done in his recent past, uh, working with teams with younger players, and uh, and, and remind me, John, uh, the years he spent in Vegas, was it, how many seasons were we talking about? Was it three seasons? Yes. Thank you. Okay, I just want to make sure I have my numbers right. There's something to be said about Gerard Gallant's ability to work with, and I don't want to put it in, you know, in these terms literally, but that kind of band of misfits mentality. The Flames right now feel like they need an identity. And I think that's what Gallant was able to help provide. Obviously, he relied on his leaders, some of which were literally watching tonight, right, and make big plays mm -hmm. on the biggest stage in hockey. But Gallant, I think, gave them the ability during his time with Vegas specifically to feel empowered to, to basically adopt that identity. And I think that's what the Flames need to do. Now we're past Daryl Sutter, we're past Bradshaw Living, uh, we're past the Johnny Gaudreau's of the world, we're past the Matthew Kachuk's of the world. There's talent there, uh, we saw it in fits and starts, we have multiple uh, Stanley Cup winners uh, on the roster, and uh, really, really exciting young players as well. What's going to be the thing that provides a common thread, a common ground to stand on, if Gerard Gallant is offered the position and he accepts it, I think he's the right coach to give those players a common space to occupy when they take the ice and a common belief um, with an identity for the team. So I'm, my fingers are crossed. I'm hoping that's the decision that's made, uh, and we'll see what happens. So a couple quick hitters again. Cole Caulfield, eight-year deal, $7.85 million per. He's 22 years old. That'll lock the Montreal Canadian, the young forward who can score a lot. He's just got to stay healthy. But at 7.85 per, considering what he can be, that could be absolutely spectacular. And the NHL has hinted at an 84-game regular season upcoming. What exactly does that look like? That could happen as early as October. But what it's going to do is you're going to play four games against opponents in the division. There was a couple split between three, so no longer. That'll be four in the division. It'll be three inside the conference. And it'll be two in the opposite conferences. Yeah, this is great stuff. I mean, I, I think that as we've seen uh, major changes in, in some of the other sports, including none other than the NFL expanding their regular season, it was probably a foregone conclusion, even though it really wasn't in the news necessarily about the NHL. You have to imagine that these discussions have been going on, uh, you know, privately, probably for a number of years, and we'll see when they're put into play. Uh I'm not. Uh, I'm not opposed to uh, an addition of a couple more regular seasons, uh, season games like that. Um, if nothing else, you know, for teams that are out of it, you get a little bit more of a chance to see some of your younger talent. Yeah. Um, and for the teams that are in it, John, uh, it just extends. Like you know, think if the Flames had a couple more games to work with. Uh, you know, they were <laughs> they were <laughs> on life support. It seemed like it was night in and night out. 
maybe they would have been out a little earlier, but, you know, maybe you extend that drama for just another week or so with those uh, additional games. So I think there's probably more benefit than any drawback there. And I wonder, again, this is just one team, but we saw them have the greatest regular season of all time. Maybe the Boston Bruins would have took their foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, you make a great point there as well. Uh, you know, and, and it, even even from a, a management, since we're talking about GMs and coaches, from a management and coaching standpoint, if you are a juggernaut like the Boston Bruins were, uh, and it still shocks me to say that in past tense, yeah. I thought they would be here, but uh, <laughs> it's the Panthers. You know, if you are that kind of juggernaut, then you start to think potentially a little bit earlier about uh, resting some of your top talent uh, and, and preparing for, of course, the gauntlet that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. Absolutely. So those were just some of the things that I want to hit. Again, I'll save a long-form discussion. I'll just give you a little hint of what it's going to be. We're going to talk about the mentality of fans across the league that aren't in Vegas. And I also want to talk about another coach. Again, if you'd picked up on it you obviously follow hockey but there's one coach I did not discuss I'm gonna have some personal feelings on that so I'm gonna try to make sure things don't get too heated but I'll also let you know I'm not gonna pull punches either okay now I don't want to okay I don't want to um reveal anything accidentally are we let me ask it this way are you gonna make some comments about um a newly hired coach yes I am Okay, okay, okay. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. It's just 21, 21 questions, but I'll keep it to two or three. Okay, it's a newly hired coach. Are you going to make comments about a newly hired coach who was hired in a market relatively close to where you lived in the United States? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, then I'll leave it at that. No more questions. <laughs> we'll save it. Okay, no more. Or else we're giving it away. That's it. I stop there. <clears throat> no, I can't. Uh... We don't have enough time to do all that, but uh, Cooper, on this side, when we do get into the second mission, we'll get into it. But go ahead and uh, take this second period if you want to on this side. And if you do get a chance to uh, get through regulation, that'll be good because I do want to get your comments as far as uh, what we're going to talk about in the second intermission, as always, because I think you and I will have get a good discussion on it. It'll be really relevant to the two teams that are playing right now. Yeah, I think, um, right, not officially giving anything away. No, I'm... I'm more than excited to uh, to have that that topic be put on the table. And, um, yeah, I'm just getting out of our last commercial break here as we wrap up our first intermission. And, and John, I owe you a goal call because <laughs> I was monologuing and stepped all over Vegas' second goal, so I robbed you of a, your, one of your play-by-play opportunities. No, it's all good. I, I want to know personally, is the delay a little bit better doing this? It, you know, it is, I'd say, by about five or six seconds okay. or so. It, it, um, it still is about, I think, the last I looked at it, when you gave a time call in the first period, I think we're still sitting at about 12 or 13 seconds, which I think just has to do with, um, it may literally just be, because I'm going through Apple TV and not direct cable, um, so I think I may just be getting the delay from, like, satellite, you know, to, to, you know, beaming down to my little box here in Los Angeles. But uh, uh, so I will ask you, as always, you know, do, do your best to uh, to wait for me because you're living in the future. Well, we're getting the outside shots of Vegas now. It's Kenny Albert, Eddie Oldchuck, and Darren Pang. I remember Darren Pang from a long time ago as far as the goalie and all that stuff. He always gives some good analysis. Yeah, absolutely. And Eddie Olchick now uh, a regular part of the Seattle Kraken broadcast. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really have liked Kenny Albert. And, and to be honest, because I, you know, I don't, I don't have MSG. I don't uh, often pay attention to the Rangers broadcast. I first kind of came to know him uh, through the uh, Olympic hockey broadcast. He did sure. a great job. Um, it, you know, back when hockey was still in the Olympics, and then of course he uh, calls the women's game as well. And uh, I've always liked his uh, his style. So we're gonna get set to take it away here. Vegas is up two to nothing. Yes, indeed. So nine saves in the first period tonight for Aiden Hill in net for Vegas, and Vegas is the team that wins this draw to start the second period with a clean sheet of ice. We're just a handful of seconds here into our middle stanza as the Florida Panthers will take over in their own end behind Sergei Bobrovsky. Also in this postseason, 18 different goal scorers for the Knights, and Jonathan Marcheseau now officially on a three-game goal streak. So uh, lots of credit there to the statisticians on the TNT side. And in terms of the basic stats on our side, 11 shots in the first period for Vegas, 10 for Florida. So they closed that gap significantly. There is a turnover nearly in the slot right there by Vegas. Ryan Lomberg, who has been getting some ice time tonight. We want to keep an eye on those stats as well since we're talking numbers. Uh, But, John, as we wrap up the shots on goal, now we're going to talk goals. There were two in the first period, of course, they, will, they both went to Vegas. So the Panthers have a lot of work to do here, and they do have the puck now in the far corner in the O-zone, but promptly turn it over as it slides to the Knights. The Knights will clear there, but picking up for Florida is Orsling, and now it's sent along by Anthony Duclair to the far corner. That one goes sliding back to the blue line. Panthers going to take this high to low as Aiden Hill has to turn away a wraparound attempt right there. That one was put on by Montour as he stepped in. And now the Florida Panthers, they stop a partial breakaway down the other side, John. So a little bit of back and forth action right there as we're 90 seconds into game two, excuse me, period number two in game two of the Stanley Cup final, which Vegas leads by one to nothing in the series. So the Panthers right now trying to hold the puck in at the blue line. They will do so successfully. Bennett going to send that one around with that beard that is rivaled only by his teammate Gudis. There's a slap shot from distance that Hill doesn't really get a clean look at, but the puck ricochets wide, and now here come the Knights the other way. Two minutes into the second period, Vegas pulls up at the red line and tries to send this one back to the point, but it will slide all the way back past the players' benches where the puck is picked up by McNabb. And now a nice angle pass there stretched into the neutral zone. Marches so is going to go backhand. He drives, looks for that backhand pass across the slot, but it is deflected away by one of the Panthers' defenders. Couldn't get a number there, but either way, a great job by the Panthers closing down that final pass, which could have resulted in a clear grade-A high-danger chance. Now, there's a pass. The Panthers trying to do their best in their end to get the pass into the slot. Now here comes Vegas the other way, 17.30 to go here in the second. The referee needs to get out of the way, and now the puck is sent back around to the far corner by the Panthers, and checked off of the puck is, I believe that was Barkov. Now here comes Vegas, Vegas from their own end with White Cloud. He chips this one toward the players' benches, and the puck is now loose and picked up by Vegas at their own blue line. They're gonna come forward three on three, now they have four on three. Puck held in the far corner by the Knights. And stepping in with a shot on right there. And into the net, John, is the third goal of the night for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I believe, John, was that law scoring that I don't even see Bobrovsky making a reaction there. All of a sudden, John, I'm surprised. Every Panther is surprised. It's 3-zip. The wizardry of Nick Waugh. He was able to get this all the way to the left side dot. 
and then windmill deke in between two defenders. No chance for Verhege or Fitzgerald. He make the entire Panthers squad look silly on that one. Wow, that one is an absolute stunner. He beats three Panthers. We see Verhege, Fitzgerald down on a knee right there, also looking for a block, I believe, with Stahl. So Waugh does it all himself, coming out of the corner, steps into the slot area, and snaps one past Bob. I think Bobrovsky legitimately thought the shot went wide. He turns around, it's in the net. Two goals in the last five minutes of this game for the Vegas Golden Knights, John, and uh, all of a sudden things are starting to slip away for the Panthers. It's three goals against on 12 shots, and I think we're officially in the territory now where I'm objectively worried for Florida. Yeah, there's something happening here that uh, is clearly moving in one direction as we do have a stoppage currently with uh, 16.55 to go here in the second. Uh, there is clearly a stronger team in this matchup, at least in as much hockey as we've seen so far in this final. The Panthers have to find the game that they used to beat the likes of the Boston Bruins or else they could be in desperate trouble as there's a shot from distance way, way out past the blue line, excuse me, the red line that uh, Aiden Hill traps just a few inches outside of the goal crease. So a uh, little bit of a nervy moment, but no issue right there. John, again, we're getting to look at some of these hits here on the TNT replays. Huge, huge hits. These from the first period. Uh, but still, the most important thing to note, it's 3 nothing Vegas. And again, when you're talking about some of those hits, I just got to go back there for a second. Who we've been talking about? Ivan Barbashev. He pasted Rako Kupinas. Yes, he absolutely did. As we get a stoppage right here, a shot on by Cousins is saved relatively easily by Hill. And Hill, boy, that look in his eyes, steely. He is, as we keep saying, locked in 100%. And Cooper, you got to give him the same credit that you would on any of these other goaltenders across the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's been that good. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we will continue to comment on that, and uh, we'll let you know if anything changes, but I certainly don't expect that Aiden Hill uh, and, John, you were talking Con Smythe just whispering. Uh, well, that uh, could well be the case if Vegas continues to play this way, and you were uh, a bit of uh, a prognosticator, my friend. Unfortunately, Radko Gudis, uh, who did start this game, he left after the first. He completed the first period, John, but potentially that replay we just saw on the TNT side of the hit that he absorbed, that may have rattled him enough to knock him out of the remainder of the contest. So Radko Gudis will not be participating for the remainder of the night. 16 minutes to go here in the second. Cooper Hopkins currently on the play-by-play -play alongside John Ott, uh, who has got the analysis here in this second period. Again, 3 nothing Vegas in Vegas. It's really been all Golden Knights so far. But here come the Panthers with the puck in the far corner. Matthew Kachuk, boy, first time I've actually even said his name. And we're almost five minutes into the second. Kachuk now goes off for a change. Now driving right here is Barbashev. He takes it all the way in and eventually puts himself into the net after getting checked. But Barbashev nearly goes backhand, forehand, backhand, dancing through the defense. My, oh, my, John, 49 in gold. He has been everywhere in this series. The simple way I can put it right now, so in one of the settings, they turn the game speed down for the Florida Panthers, and they turn the stick handle speed all the way up for the Golden Knights. They are dominating this right now. Yeah, it is just a, a sheer show of confidence. You can see, like, listen, these are these are all professional hockey players. They have the skill set and mentality to be here on this stage. But Vegas looks like they are playing, and I, I feel like it's hyperbolic. 
but Florida is not at the same level right now. It looks like they're playing a Columbus. It looks like they're playing a San Jose. Uh, Florida just has to regain their speed as we've seen it. It can be literal speed in terms of uh, moving their skates and just the game speed that John alluded to. That's a great point, John. Uh, we got to look at uh, Vegas, who's playing at a different level right now, just at a different gear. So four minutes and 40 seconds have gone here in the second period. Florida technically ahead on the shot board by two at 14-12 as a puck that was passed toward the blue line in the Vegas O-zone makes its way all the way back to Hill. He's going to backhand this one around. It actually goes right to the Panthers. It's picked up there, but ultimately turned back over. Good job by Vegas to lock things down after a bit of a bumpy moment. Now carrying down low into the near corner is Marchessault, where he turns it over. It's taken by Florida here, and they're going to skate this one out of their own zone. Pass there to the logo at center ice. Now it's uh, numbers for Florida. Bouncing puck right here. No shot attempt, though. Florida couldn't get a clean look at it. That was on Barkov's stick briefly, but he couldn't get it settled for a shot at Hill. Now the puck will be collected here by Stahl. Going to look for a stretch pass right there. Bounces off bodies. Ryan Lomberg tries the backhand pass. He will connect. And it's being battled for in the near corner. Bit of a hip check right there. Uh, behind Hill in the trapezoid. But both players stay up. And now Vegas going to try to knock this one through the neutral zone and all the way to the O zone. They're able to do so momentarily. But it looks like they'll turn back for a change on the fly. So the Panthers take over right here. 45 degree angle. Boy, big stretch pass by Lomberg who continues to get ice time, John. And uh, we take a look at the comparison. Boy, Bobrovsky in that uh, Eastern Conference final, a 112 goals against. Uh, suffice it to say, that is not what we're looking at here in this Stanley Cup final as a slap shot comes quickly. I had to shift my comments right there to uh, take a look at Bobrovsky, but luckily he didn't actually have to make a blocker stay. But I think that slapper from about 25 feet out went wide. So Vegas right now battling for the puck in their offensive zone. Again, can't keep it in at the far point. It's going to slide all the way back down to the circles at Aiden Hill's side of the ice. And now a stretch pass by Vegas passes everyone, but I do believe it went off of a leg. So Bobrovsky has to step out into the trapezoid and play this one. Now here comes Sam Bennett, does a nice job to stop on the skates, pull up and look for a pass. He connects with Matthew Kachuk. But the puck will bounce around in the Panthers' offensive zone. Eventually they do find possession. Now Bennett moving his feet well. He's going to try to hold it at the near half board. Just a big slap shot from way out. It bounces out in front. Oh, my goodness, John. I thought that was 3-1. Sam Bennett backhands it just wide with a down-and-out Aiden Hill. So a broken stick from one of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's lying right in the middle of the ice. And very fortunately, Vegas is able to take over. They have a 2-on-2 now coming the other way. Here's Stone. Got to pass across and into the net. 4 nothing. Stone finds a John, get the number on this one. It is number 21, Howden. Howden puts it in, John. I cannot believe it. The counterattack by Vegas is relentless. This is a time, I would say, my friend, to find your backup goaltender. Mark Stone with one of the greatest shifts I've ever seen. Breaks the play up, get the broken stick, delivers a hit, takes it the other way, and then finds a cutting Howden on that side. What an effort from the captain, C. This is getting ugly. Well, and John, you said it best. I actually only saw the latter portion of that sequence. I didn't realize that Stone was the player whose stick had broken. While he has a broken stick, he puts pressure on the Panthers' defense, throws a check, finishes the check. The player goes down to the ice. Stone races to the bench, as you called, picks up the backup stick. And I hate that I called this one. Yes. We will no longer see Bobrovsky in this contest because of Stone's effort 
individually on that last shift. Incredible stuff by the Knights captain. I almost feel heartbroken for Bobrovsky. He's been so, so good. But, John, we are going to see a goalie change. We are moving from Bobrovsky to Lyon. It's going to be Alex Lyon wearing number 34 in net now for the Panthers. Major developments here, and it's all Vegas. Storylines, my friend. I can't wait to the commercial break. Yeah, I know you're going to have lots to talk about. Uh, what a finish there from Stone and Howden. Right place, right time. Teammates supporting one another. Extra effort. It's what the Panthers have been missing all night tonight. They just can't seem to reach down deeper into the well. We know it exists, but they're not able to access it. And it's, I think, frankly, just because Vegas has blocked them off from doing so. The Knights have looked like a team that very, very badly wants to answer the question, who wants it more? They put their hands up in the air and say, they're saying we do. Yes, they are. And now you got to look about Alex Lyon. Look, I understand at the beginning of the postseason didn't go so well against the Boston Bruins. That's why they went to Bob before he went into complete takeover mode. But keep in mind, again, with Alex Lyon, he's big part of the reason why the Florida Panthers over the last two and a half months able to fight just to get in. He kind of saved their bacon. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and certainly worth noting because he's going to get some time here and basically just has to keep his team in it. I'm not even sure at this point, as we haven't even yet reached the halfway point of this game, I'm not sure the Panthers, the way the Vegas Knights are playing right now, I'm not sure the Panthers have an opportunity to legitimately get the W this evening. But if they can find a little bit of their goal-scoring touch, again, I don't want to put all the pressure on Matthew Kachuk, but he hasn't been all that noticeable mm -hmm. in either of these games except to uh, basically be a pest. We know that's part of his game. It cannot be the only part of your game uh, in a series of this magnitude. I think I have enough time to say this, but I know you weren't around for Game 2 of last year, but you did ask me about it. You do remember that 6 nothing drubbing that the Colorado Avalanche gave to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I still had a little bit of confidence in the back end, of, especially in Game 2 that Tampa would come back and answer because they had back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back Stanley Cup playoff dreams hopes alive. Florida's been a great story all year, but now when we get set to once this is done, shift to Game 3, can they do some of those same things, and can they lock in and play like Tampa did and try to claw and make this a series? Yeah, you know, John, it's, uh, I mean, I think at this point, referencing the recent past is, is more than worth it. Um, the Panthers have to hope that they are able to call upon uh, their own recent past, their own references, and look mm -hmm. at what they have accomplished thus far uh, and, and realize that they are more than able, more than capable of putting themselves back in position to really compete with Vegas. But since that, probably the halfway point of the uh, second period of game one, Vegas has seemed like they have just turned themselves into something extra special. But uh, here we are back underneath the action, as John said. There's a shot that came from the blue line on the Panthers' ozone side that bounced awkwardly. It may have actually hit the post, John, but there was a rebound opportunity. Now the Panthers with a four-on-two are going to snap this one on Hill, and he snags it out of the air with the trapper, John, and players come together. Aiden Hill just says no. He heard what I was saying and says, uh, sorry, sir, we are in the driver's seat, and we're not leaving it. I know things are getting testy and behind the net now, but Aiden Hill made that four-on-two look way too easy. Yeah, 
no, Florida had numbers there. They were coming with speed, and they were putting pressure on, and Barkov snaps one off. Aiden Hill makes it look like he's just in warm-up. He, he grabbed that one right out of the air like it was nothing. We're going to get a penalty against the Vegas Golden Knights on that side. I think it's going to be Barbashev. He's going to get set to go to the box. Yeah, so Barbashev, as we said, he's been everywhere in these two games, and unfortunately uh, one of the places he is right now, or the only place, I should say, he is in the penalty box. Yeah, slash there. I'm going to take a look, see if I can determine where it came in. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. It looks like it came potentially after the play, John, but uh, either way, Barbashev's going to sit, and boy, it looks like a, a dump-in attempt hit Duclair in the ankle or instep. Thought he went back to the room. He is in serious pain on the bench, but he will not go back to the room. Looks like he's going to be a true hockey player and stick this thing out. So uh, John Barbashev is in, but also one of the Panthers is in as well. Uh, maybe you can help me out and grab a name if you see that pop up. It's going to be a four-on-four. So more space on the ice for both teams here, which you imagine would bode well for Vegas. Uh, now 10 seconds plus gone in this four-on-four. Here's a centering pass right there, picked up by White Cloud. You know he likes to do his Nikita Zadorov impressions. Nikita Zadorov thinks he's in forward sometimes for the Flames, and so does White Cloud for Las Vegas. 11.35 to go here in the second. And there's a centering pass out front, and Lyon comes up with his first save. Boy, that was a point-blank fire right there from about 10 feet out. And uh, he stopped that one, I think, by the blocker, maybe off the shoulder. Either way, keeps this thing four zip. So the Panthers, uh, even if their pulse is not completely silenced, uh, it's weakly pumping here, John. They have uh, the slightest bit of hope. I think they need to get, uh, if not one, at least two in this period to have a legitimate shot in the third to turn this thing around. So here we go with the Vegas Golden Knights entering the offensive zone. Under a minute to go now in the four-on-four. And Vegas holds possession in the far, excuse me, the yes, the far corner in their ozone. Going to be battled for right there by Ekblad. Going to take, be taken away by the Panthers. Good job to possess the puck and carry out. Now it's passed across 45 degrees. Going to be from the far side. The centering return pass is a little too far. The Panthers were trying to connect right there but couldn't do so. And here comes Vegas the other way with uh, the man of the hour, Mark Stone. He's going to skate this one in himself. Going to try to pull up right there. Does get a shot off. And Lions stops that one. Boy, Stone cannot be stopped right now, if not for Lions' extra effort. My goodness, 61 in goal, John. So really quickly, Colin White's the other one in the box. But yes, I'm just seeing another opportunity, not only for Stone, but a microcosm of this game. They're just single-handed players beating groups of Panthers. That can't happen. No, and it's happened. You made the first observation early in the first period. Uh, as Stone went right there to the blocker side, almost put the puck underneath Alex Lyon's uh, kind of bicep area. But luckily, he squeezes that to his body. Luckily, if you're a Florida fan, that is. And uh, he's, he denies Stone his second of the night. So 27 seconds to go here. Marchessault is going to take the faceoff in the offensive zone right there, but does lose it. The Panthers come away with the puck here in their near corner. It's rattled around the end boards and taken right there by Montour. It's held in the trapezoid behind Lyon. Again, Bobrovsky pulled after the fourth goal of the night. His teammates did very little to help him out front, so it's not all on him, though uh, he was taken out of this contest in favor of his backup, Alex Lyon, who has a couple of saves now. Two seconds to go in the 4-4. Four four. It will expire, so he, even strength coming now, but Vegas has possession. There's a snapshot right there, but play is whistled down, John. I think another penalty coming up right now. Petrangelo tied up one of the Florida Panthers. That was Carter Verhege, so Florida will get a power play. 
interesting stuff here. So if it's going to happen, and by it, I mean uh, any sort of pushback from the visitors, it's got to happen right now. We are at almost exactly one second off from the midway point of this game, 9.59 to go in the second period in game two. It is a 4 nothing dominant lead for Vegas. Uh, they have been in the power position all night long, John, and uh, we're going to have to uh, share some thoughts because we've got a commercial break, and we'll see if the Panthers can change their fate, uh, at least start to, when we come back from the media timeout because they do have that man advantage coming up. So they do have the man advantage, but the rough math from Game 1 to Game 2 right now, if you're keeping track, seven straight goals for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've certainly had the run of play so far in this series. And again, when you have all those goals, you're up by four right now, and Aiden Hill stopped 16 out of 16. If you're Florida and you're Paul Maurice, I don't even think it's a point now where we can talk about coaching and strategies and adjustments because I was talking about trying to chip and chase some of the stuff away from the blue line and stacking, but I know that Vegas does that more on the kill. But now you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, honestly, Again, we talked about who wants it more. Vegas certainly looks like it because with each individual matchups beating groups of Panthers on that side, they look completely outclassed. And I thought the analogy that you made in between uh, San Jose, Columbus, Arizona, Anaheim, those kind of teams, you're making Florida look like that after the storybook. We knew Vegas was good, but Florida has got to uh, figure out some things right now because they're better than this. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, and of course, we I'm not clinging to our prediction. I did think that the Panthers would continue the storybook run. Uh, we, we both have them in six. Um, and as I joked uh, during our last broadcast, hey, you got to lose <laughs> a couple to win it in six. And I mean, I guess they're trying to get those out of the way early. So uh, that's one way to spin it if you're a Panthers fan. But um, you can't feel all that great about how the team has looked. Uh, my goodness, Vegas is uh, is really, really showing exactly uh, what their potential has been all along this season. Uh, they are dominant tonight, and we will see if that continues. But the Panthers do have an opportunity here on the power play and possession. They have it at the far half board. It's going to center this one toward the far circle. Now it's down to the trapezoid where Kachuk likes to do his work. The puck slides all the way back along the dasher and ends up at the far point. Now a deflection opportunity for Kachuk. That one comes from Barkov and then off of number 19 stick up into the netting for a stoppage. I know what the score line says, and I know how Florida likes to play, as we all do, but on this side, you got to take everything else, table it. you got to concentrate on your offense. Even if you give up more, you got to find something to feel good about offensively they can carry into game three. That's a must. Yeah, and uh, I think their bench boss, the Panthers, uh, he can no longer ask anyone to effing relax <laughs> because the alarm bells are already ringing very loudly uh, from Florida uh, to the rest of the Sunshine State, to the rest of every state. Any uh, fan anywhere who wants the Panthers to uh, show some life here has got to be a bit concerned. But again, opportunities here on the man advantage, Florida with possession, doing a good job, as you should with extra players on as they raise their hands briefly, the Panthers do. They thought they had a deflection there from Kachuk. Again, that near boards pass, sort of shot pass from Barkov to Kachuk has almost worked twice now, just in the last 30 seconds or so. There's a big bomb from outside the far circle that hits a body in front. Panthers, again, holding the zone, doing a great job here of just tiring out 
That penalty killing unit for Vegas. Now the puck goes to Sam Bennett. Goes with a wrister. It bounces in front and the rebound is shot wide. Good job right there. Again, Kachuk tries to bat this putt. Puck out of the air. Sam Bennett moving his feet steps into the far corner. Tries to keep possession for the Panthers. They cannot do so. And finally, Vegas will get the change. So their first PK unit gets to sit down on the bench for a breather. 35 seconds to go here in the Florida Panther power play. 8.30 to go in the second. Now Verhage has it, looks for that drop pass, gets a little lucky right there as it bounced off of a stick, and Montour finds it. Now Verhage going to take a shot, and once again, Aiden Hill with the trapper says, no, not a problem. It's still for zip, face-off upcoming. I mean, look, Carter Verhage's done a ton of damage. He's wide open on the power play on the left side dot. Aiden Hill must feel like there's two of them in the goal crease right now because he just looks amazing. Yeah, and the, the economy of movement, John, I could talk just about that for five minutes. Aiden Hill looks, listen, he had to make the diving paddle save, but that was out of desperation. It was out of necessity. Uh, when he doesn't have to, he is just staunch, steady in the net, flashes the glove, flashes the blocker, flashes out a pad, uh, and makes the stop, and it looks so fast, so easy. Uh, and that is what the experts do. They make it look like it's nothing at all. So with eight seconds to go here in the power play, Vegas will take over the puck and clear it all the way back down to Lyon. I almost said Bobrovsky. That no longer the case tonight for Florida. The backup is in for the Panthers, and the, the Panthers, I should say, do come in offside as the penalty expires. So under eight minutes to go here in the second, John, and the opportunity goes wasted for the visitors. Man, it's 20 shots to 15 for Florida. Again, they're out shooting Vegas, but Every time Vegas gets in the zone, they just feel like they're a threat to score. Yeah, no question about it, and they did a very good job. There were a couple of decent opportunities, especially on the Barkov to Kachuk connections, uh, looking for the deflections down in the crease. We know that Matthew Kachuk has such a great stick down low, but ultimately did not result in any scoring. So the Florida Panthers win that neutral zone faceoff, and here's Lomberg's line again. i got to take a look at those ice time stats. He has definitely had some chances tonight. Now the puck's kicked out in front. A couple of players going down. Lomberg battling for a position in the blue paint. Panthers now at 5-on-5 five five doing a decent job of trying to cycle this puck that's being battled for right there by Cousins, but he can't hold it in all that long, and then Stahl's going to pick that thing up. It bounces around in the center ice logo, and uh, players nearly come together including Stahl and one of the Knights. Couldn't get a number there. In fact, uh, let's take a look, John. I think that was Carrier, actually. So both teams will go for... We know. It looks like we're going to get a roughing call on Carrier of the Knights. Yes, we are. And I was surprised in between some of the stuff in front when Lomberg was getting worked over that there was no call there. That seemed to happen for about 25 seconds. But Florida, they get yet another power play, and... I'm going to say it now. You have to score. Yeah, that is it, my friend, period. Now or never. And Sam Ryan Hart is out there. Uh, we would love to see something from him. Uh, Barkov out there as well. It's going to be that first unit. They did good work. We see Sam Bennett. He throws that mouthpiece in. Got a bite down on it right now, as they say, in the MMA world. And, of course, there have been some great moments in uh, UFC history in this arena. In fact, at the uh, T-Mobile in Vegas. So uh, why not? Just... Uh, Chew down on that piece of rubber. Do what you have to do. Grit and uh, determination is going to be the difference here in Florida. With a nice face-off win, 
They are over two tonight on the power play. This is chance number three, and the puck is at the blue line. Going to be sent down to the near circle. Barkov looks to go high slot right there to Reinhardt, but it's deflected away at the last second. And now Vegas will collect uh, behind the red line on the far side and send this one back down right on Lyon, where he will paddle it forward to Barkov. Now Barkov can escape this one himself through the neutral zone just onside as Kachuk. That one was a little bit close, and the puck is not, excuse me, jostled free and sent back to neutral ice. Vegas back on the front foot again here, though. It's Sam Bennett tries to avoid a check. He does so, but leaves the puck behind, and it's cleared by Vegas with 1.09 to go in the Florida power play. So again, as John Ott just said, it is a must-score situation for the Panthers. Uh, if not for a legitimate chance to get back in this game and get the W, I would say there are moral victories here. And there's a shot right on, and my goodness, John Ott, Aiden Hill will not be beaten another glove save and this one the best of the bunch that was an incredible shot by Montour right in the middle of the slot Aiden Hill as you said with the economy positioning didn't even have to move flash it like he's nothing solid gold my friend no question I don't know what to say at this point uh, I, I I predicted Florida <laughs> uh, I think that the Panthers will certainly have something to say when they're back on home ice but it is just not the Panthers' night. Even if Vegas were to slip a little bit in terms of their skaters' play out in front, Aiden Hill, he's going to carry his team the rest of the way. I think it's uh, pretty safe to make that prediction at this point. So Aiden Hill, 21 shots faced, 21 saves, and he's made it look pretty darn easy. But the Panthers, to their credit, doing a good job on this power play. There is a missed opportunity for a one tee right there as the Panthers had Ekblad winding up, but he missed that pass. And there's a snapshot right there, bounces around in front, up and off of a body, over hill into the netting. So under 30 seconds to go in Florida's power play, John. In fact, they have 27 seconds to get this goal that we're both saying they have to have. Yeah, it looked like a good setup there from Reinhardt from Barkov, but White Claude was there. And again, don't uh, look at the false parts of it for anyone looking at this on the outside. Vegas is given the space because they're up by four. So the shot totals may look slanted, but Vegas has been far and away the better team. Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, of course, some of the shot total is a result of the fact that Vegas has uh, taken a few penalties here. And, and I do think uh, that when uh, coaches get a chance, they will focus on that aspect of the game as uh, one major area to clean up. Uh, the Panthers, hey, look, they're still good enough to get to this point in the season. They are near the top of the mountain. Uh, and you do not want to give uh, a team that can beat the Boston Bruins uh, and beat the Panthers, excuse me, beat the Carolina Hurricanes the way that they did, any extra chances on special teams. So speaking of which, seven seconds to go here in the Panthers' power play. It looks to run out here as Reinhardt battles for the puck, but it is jostled loose, picked up by the Knights, and the fans at T-Mobile cheer, and rightfully so. We're back at full strength. Vegas has not been bested at any point tonight, and certainly not on the power play. Now, there's a shot from in between the tops of the circles, but it bounces off the chest of one of the Knights. And the Panthers, again, keeping more possession here. But I do get the sense, John, and we can talk more about this, that Vegas is uh, not starting to go into a shell, but I think that their game has changed just a little bit. Yes. The priority no longer needs to be on pressing and goal-scoring opportunity creation. So now, John, four minutes and 50 seconds to go here. But speaking of goal-scoring uh, opportunities and creating them, uh, Marchiso almost set up Jack Eichel right there down low. And now a puck is loose. Speaking of Jack Eichel, 
He had it right next to Hill. Hill actually, excuse me, I'm thinking so much about Hill, I meant Lyon. Lyon had to paddle that thing away, and now here comes the Panthers the other way, barely onside. What that looked like, maybe an early entry for me, but now the Vegas Golden Knights are going to turn this thing right around. It's a four-on-two, and a shot right on, and Lyon does a great job right there to stop. I think it was Howden again, mm -hmm. and Lyon has a little something to say to the shooter that just put one right on. Lyon has not been beaten tonight, and uh, you know what? I think it's good that he's gaining some confidence. Between Eichel and Howden there, that was between the right dot and the left dot, respectively, on those sides. Those were not easy saves, as he met it right away. And look, I know Paul Maurice might not consider doing this, but we talked about Alex Lyon and how good he's been. I wouldn't be opposed to if Lyon at least maybe finishes this out with one goal against or less, having him start in Game 3 and giving Bobrovsky a rest because Alex Lyon has shown you the capability to be able to carry. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a significant piece, and the Panthers need inspiration from wherever they can get it. Look, if that's going to come from their backup goaltender. Um, and, 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 you know, I think we can admit, that uh, Bobrovsky maybe wasn't his sharpest tonight, but a lot of those goals, John, boy, he was he was left out to dry uh, yes. in a lot of respects. And so um, that's why we see the goalie pull many, many times uh, at any level of hockey is uh, to give your team a little jump start and to, to show those skaters, those skill guys, hey, uh, you've put your teammate in this position to the point where we have to go to the backup. We don't want him to get the, our starter to get dinged any further. That is the case. Now, Florida has yet to really kick that into gear. Uh, Vegas still showing everything that they need to show, John, to uh, retain dominance in this game. Yeah, and again, I, I hate to keep harping on this, but you got to look yourself in the mirror, at least for not now, but then for Game 3 on the Thursday side, when you're getting beat off individual matchups off one-on-threes and one-on-fours, that's an effort level to a T where you look up yourself in the mirror in that locker room and you have to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, you're absolutely right, um, and, and and I am uh, fascinated to see if if Lyon can continue uh, his level of play because he has been asked to uh, to jump into action and not just uh, from shots way outside. That's uh, not the Calgary Flames approach. Just fire from the blue line, and cross your fingers. Uh, this has been uh, high uh, high quality scoring chances from right inside, uh, and the most recent save was uh, maybe even his best. So we see a shot right now, John, of uh, Jack Eichel on the bench there, and it's going to be. A face-off to Lions left, where the Florida Panthers win this one, but backhanded in an attempt to uh, get it out of their zone. They actually get it right back to their goaltender, and he's got to cover up. You know what I like about this for Jack Eichel, what they're showing on the TNT sequence? It's not always about scoring goals. That's about reacquiring a 200-foot game that you didn't have in Buffalo and turning yourself into a complete player. That's a salute for me for Jack Eichel. He's been wonderful. Yeah, he has. I'm glad they gave him a highlight package because, you know, of course we're focused on scoring, but uh, hockey is so much about what's happening where the puck is not. And uh, Jack Eichel has those skills in spades. Uh, and he certainly looks the part here as a, a major playoff contributor in the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, we should say 21 points in the postseason for what it's worth, but in between that point scoring, uh, contributing on every shift for sure. So, John, we got four minutes left to go here in the second period. Vegas, again, leading the series 1-0. They are leading this game 4-0. Uh, they are behind on the shot board 21-17, where Florida holds the advantage. But uh, Florida needs to just try to get themselves on the scoreboard. We'll see if they can do it before we hit the second intermission. Uh, Montour right now is going to hold a little bit of a four-check there by Vegas. They were 
back in their own end waiting for the Florida Panther rush, which never came because the puck was turned over after it floated up into the air from neutralized into the Vegas side. And now Vegas will skate this one in. It's a one-on-two. That shot goes wide on the blocker side of Lyon. And the Panthers will suffice to clear this one out. They bounce it off the boards near the penalty boxes where the Knights take over. Golden Knights now coming in on three-on-three. They have it at the near half boards. Battling for the puck right there. And coming away with it are the Florida Panthers. Good job right there just to uh, possess the puck. Nice solid turnover creation right there. That one was created by Stahl. So a little veteran leadership move right there. And boy, avoiding a hit. Then ultimately getting a bit of a hip check. Trying to get a number there by the players' benches. But one of the Knights uh, just avoided a check by the Panthers. Montour goes flying into the players' bench. And the puck is iced. So we'll have a stoppage, John. But uh, lots developing here, and it does seem like the Panthers might turn up the physicality. They're going to have to turn up something because, again, that's another opportunity off the one-on-two. Chandler Stevenson able to skate their players like they weren't even there. I'm lactose and tower, and I'm not supposed to have uh, cheese, but it looks like Swiss out there. <laughs> well, uh, we'll leave the cheese on the ice then. Uh, you stay away from it, my friend. We need you at full health because uh, there's still a lot of hockey to cover here. So, yeah, stay away from the dairy or at least hit up some lactate for me, will you? <laughs> so Anthony Duclair was a goal scorer in game number one. He's got the puck on his stick, but is dispossessed cleanly right there. 2.44 to go here in the second period. Vegas now with a stretch pass going to get this one out where it's backhanded along. Stone going to try to chase down, but it's picked up first by Ekblad. And sent along where the Panthers will escape this one out. But good pressure right there by the man we were just discussing. Jack Eichel cuts off his check. And the puck bounces to the near boards. Taken over there by the Panthers. Going to be picked up by Duclair. It's down low. The centering attempt goes all the way back to Ekblad. Now a deflection in front. And somehow, John, the magic continues for Aiden Hill. He snaps out the right foot and stops a sure goal, and then, John, an absolutely stunning hit at the Vegas blue line, the biggest hit of the series. Jack Eichel shaken. He loses the lid but pops up to oh, his boys. skates. Immediately goes to the room, John. Very concerning as players have come together. Jack Eichel took one of the biggest hits I've ever seen in an NHL game. Look, Cooper, I just got to say, I'm not saying it's not a clean hit from Athika Chuck. He got Jack Eichel, but if Jack Eichel goes back to the room, he might be going to immediately concussion protocols. This is just madness on the ice. But if Eichel can't play and you go into Game 3, we're going to make our storylines very interesting. But he got absolutely blown up by Kachuk. This, uh, John, I am legitimately uncomfortable right now. Uh, uh, but listen, we saw Nazem Kadri take a hit like we yes. like the likes of which we've Truba. never seen before in the regular season. Yeah, and Truba g gave him a clean hit, which Nazem Kadri acknowledged. I'm going to have to see this again for Matthew Kachuk. What I'm most disappointed in, John, not only uh, the the physical health of, uh, of Jack Eichel, which is, of course, number one, but the only way Matthew Kachuk has been noticeable primarily in both of these games, John, is by doing what he just did, and he sets up Jack Eichel, boy, and I think that's going to be a clean hit, John, yes. from what I'm seeing. I want to get your thoughts on it right away before I start rambling too much, but it looks like the unfortunate situation was that Eichel was actually potentially falling before the hit was thrown. Is that what you're seeing as well? I'm seeing him fall, too, with his head down, yes. Very, very unfortunate timing. It would have been a clean hit. Matthew Chuck did not raise an elbow. He did not raise a fist. He did not target but he does throw a hit while Jack Eichel is 
tipping his upper body oh, forward. Boy. And that is a massive, massive collision. I don't know how else to describe it other than the fact that it was intensely violent. Jack Eichel was basically ragdolled by Matthew Kachuk. The helmet goes flying, sliding many, many dozens of feet away, nearly to the wall, John, and Eichel had to instantly go to the room. Look, I'm not going to sit there and celebrate things like P.K. Subban. I know I didn't play in the league, but those guys get all up in arms about hits. I'm just hoping, honestly, that Jack Eichel's okay, because it's a very clean hit by Kachuk. But that was a car crash that was brutal. Yes, it was. Brutal is the right term. Uh, and, and there was an incredibly exciting sequence right before that, and Aiden Hill certainly deserves to be celebrated yes. for his continued brilliant play the Panthers had their best opportunity of the night on the doorstep to make this at least for one and he denied it with the right the toe of his right skate I believe we'll probably get a replay at some point obviously Jack Eichel's health is much more important mm. uh, than that save or even the outcome of this game which seems to be predetermined um, John tell me if you are getting anything additional here I know I'm on the delay uh, looks like the referees did have some comments and we're gonna see some penalties I see Petrangelo, Forsling, Kachuk and Barbashev at 1756 and I see Kachuk going to the room boy and I don't have it in front of me I'm sure we'll get details uh, very very soon but could that be a game misconduct for Matthew Kachuk John that would be tough honestly because the hit was clean yeah, I believe so as well. As basically what I'm implying, I hope that it was not uh, determined to be anything but clean. It looked to me like he set up the, the check completely legitimately, and the circumstances just uh, in, in that flash of an instant uh, made the check so much worse for Eichel, who again was falling forward. He may have at the last moment just seen Kachuk streaking in and tried to, to maybe John even dive out of the way or relax his body to absorb the hit but either way it did not work in his favor and he was uh, obviously hurt uh, instantly though able to leave on his own power well we'll have to update everybody else at least for game three on this side because I'm sure we're not going to see Jack back because Vegas is out in front by a large margin yeah I think that that's uh, that is a foregone conclusion so that means that uh, Gudis for the Panthers out after taking a hit in the first period now Jack Eichel almost certainly to be out for the remainder of this contest after taking uh, one of the most violent hits I've ever seen in terms of open ice hitting mm -hmm. um, that was like a hit from a different era John and there is a slapper from the Knights as we resume play here and saved by Lyon who continues to look solid in net so 98 seconds to go here in the second and I will say I don't normally lean this way John but I think it's going to be a good thing for both of these teams for very different reasons and multiple reasons to get back into the dressing rooms yeah and at least for game three for Thursday because that was Korea and Stevens-esque great reference by you and uh, that is basically what was in my mind you called it my friend uh that's a, that's a tough one to see. And look, I love the game of hockey. I love uh, I love the hitting. I love the physicality. And sometimes it just crosses into a different plane of existence. And uh, for a moment, it certainly seemed like that's where Jack Eichel was. Luckily, so luckily, he was able to pop up and, uh, and skate to the benches and leave under his own power with some assistance. So, of course, best wishes to him uh, and Radko Gudis as well. We get a stoppage here, a brief offside as 
Vegas was trying to enter the Ozone. 121 to go here in the second, John. And man, the uh, the tenor of this game certainly has changed a great deal, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, because now you wonder, I don't know if Kachuk is going to be another man down or how long it's going to be, but as you said with Gudis and Kachuk, what do you even do for the rest of this game, let alone game three? Yeah, and that's another piece we can talk about, John, uh, where Matthew Kachuk obviously is trying to do anything he can to uh, to light the spark for his team. Uh, well, now time, he basically... Uh, dropped an incendiary bomb, but that also takes him out of the lineup as well, at least for a a period of time. That does not help your team. It was a clean hit. Uh, I believe he was penalized on the play. We saw him go to the room. We'll get more information uh, as soon as possible. As with 47 seconds here, the puck is passed to Ekblad, where it bounces off of his stick and up into the crowd. Hey, Cooper, I'm just going to say this. Honestly, I apologize because I'm uh, running out of things to say right now. I think I need the break as well. No, I agree with you. Um, and I, I I can't believe I'm having to admit this. Uh, I'm, I'm ashamed to do so. I might have to leave you with your thoughts. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to stretch our uh, our coverage as a duo through, uh, through anything beyond this uh, second period, which is now about 36 seconds from ending. So... I'll give you advanced apologies. I don't want to leave you on an island, my friend, but I know you'll be able to to wax prophetic about what we've seen here tonight as uh, the Panthers try to slap one on that actually bounces off a body in front of Hill. He had to be alert there. And fortunately for Vegas, it bounces to Hill's right. Now, loading in front, loose with the puck, is Lomberg, I believe. He had a clean chance. Again, one of the best of the game for the Panthers. And guess who stands tall? Boy, just unfazed by anything happening in front of him. Aiden Hill makes another great save from almost point-blank range. Yeah, it's another one of the situations. I know we got another period, but nothing is lost in the fact that Aiden Hill has absolutely won the goalie battle in the first two games. And Vegas seems poised to take a 2-0 lead again as we talked about it. Tampa last year, they responded in Game 3. Florida must respond. And I would also use the last 20 minutes as a little bit of provisionary tactic you, you get whatever offense you can throw, even if you give up a couple more. you got to have something to feel good about for Thursday. Yeah, no question about it. And there's not much time here left in the second period, just about 17 seconds as the Panthers with Reinhardt will not win the faceoff in the Ozone. It's going to be taken in the far corner. Boys, Reinhardt throws a check right there, puts a body into the glass, but legally. And the puck will slide across the ice, still in the Vegas end of the Rink, and now with three seconds, two seconds, and one down to zero, the bouncing puck ends up near the referee at the blue line on the Vegas side. And John, the second period has come to a close. Lots and lots to talk about. Uh, four nothing is your goal. Excuse me, the score line right now with all of the goals being scored by Las Vegas. The Panthers, um, they're going to have to have a, a, a come to somebody moment, uh, <laughs> be it a deity. Um, or a guru, or, uh, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm at a loss for words almost, my friend. Uh, so much of significance just happened late in that period. I mean, I can't imagine how Jack Eichel feels. I feel a little shaken about what we've seen. Um, it has been a dominant performance by Las Vegas, and uh, the Panthers have uh, turned up the physicality as we knew they would, and it uh, resulted in an absolutely massive moment and a, a brutal hit, as you put uh, and near the blue line from Kachuk to Eichel. Yeah, for anyone that is just joining us, it seems like Jack Eichel, I would imagine, concussion protocol immediately. Thankfully, he popped right back up with about two minutes left to go in the second period. 
it was a collision near the left side blue line and as Cooper said Eichel's already fallen down it's a clean hit by Kachuk he gets a misconduct don't think we're gonna see him Barbashev got one as well don't think we will see him on that side so what we do know Vegas again they have scored seven straight goals in this series they're up four nothing after two this kinda of feels like one team I might say Vegas is playing with their food but they feel very confident about what's in front of them and I don't see it changing and if game three doesn't show me a spark within the next twenty minutes I told you I wouldn't be available for game four because I have to go to my sister's fiance's wedding I'll be sweating not being able to call a cup lifting in the way that this seems to be trending yeah and uh, I, I think we have to at least uh, be on notice for uh, a potential sweep here, I mean, anytime a team is going to take a two nothing lead and do it this dominantly, John, it's uh, it's certainly in the cards. It doesn't mean that would be the card that's drawn, but uh, my goodness, Vegas has looked uh, miles better than Florida tonight. You'd think um, that that would not be the case. Florida played a decent game one, and yeah, Vegas sure they pulled away in the third period. Uh, you know, yeah, you take away the empty netter that made it five to two. Okay, you ultimately get doubled up four to two. Well, at this point. Yeah, this is, uh, as John just pointed out, seven goals in a row for Vegas, uh, and it doesn't show any signs of stopping other than them stopping themselves because they don't need to prioritize scoring. Um, it's it's just wild, the situation that uh, we find ourselves in, and, uh, and we definitely have to sort out all the particulars with uh, Barbashev, Kachuk. We want to, of course, make sure that Jack Eichel is okay. We'll see about the availability of him and Radko Gudis on the other side for Florida. So many storylines here, John, but they all point to uh, Vegas uh, continuing to pull away with this thing. Yep, and Nick Waugh and even Brett Howden with the two goals in the second period. It was a pair of goals in the first, pair of goals in the second. These are just players that are beating multiple defenders on the Florida side and finishing them off with incredibly spectacular and pretty goals. Yes, it's the effort from Vegas, but I also need to see more attention to detail from Florida on that side to clean it up on defense because Aiden Hill, yes, he stopped 23 out of 23, and yes, he has made some spectacular saves, but... Again, he might be overshadowed in the fact that Vegas is just outplaying Florida at the highest marker. So this is something that I normally never do, but I have to do it now. As far as the second intermission, a long-term form of discussion, I'm going to go ahead and look at some tweets that I saw. They do this in the NBA side, but I have to do this from, and I'll give you a credit on the name, Mr. Stars fan Eric, but a long-form discussion. Here's his direct tweets about Vegas. Here's three of them for you. It must be nice to be a Vegas Golden Knights fan. They're the most spoiled franchise fan base in the NHL. Everything goes their way, and Gary Bettman loves his over-the-salary-cap Vegas team. Yes, I'll have more to say about that in a minute. I don't understand how anyone that isn't a Vegas fan can find anything likable about them. He goes on to say, I'm not salty, but maybe I am a little bit. Seriously, I feel like most hockey fans agree. I just haven't found anything likable about the Golden Knights since their inception. Never cared for any of their players besides Flurry. Everything is annoying about them. And one more, most of their fans don't care. I can't wait until their success is over, and the majority of the city will forget about the Knights. They're not a sports city like Dallas or some of the other markets, and they never will be. Yeah, John, I saw, I saw one of those tweets uh, and uh, definitely had my own thoughts. You know, part of me, it's interesting, um, you know, we've talked about this before, yeah, lifelong Calgary Flames fan, but of course grew up in the city of Seattle, uh, happy to be sort of a, 
my, my, my very close secondary team now is the Kraken. You know, this makes me think two, two schools of thought. One, I there's a part of me that wants to agree outright. And, you know, I, I've never loved the Vegas Golden Knights, but that's pretty obvious, right? They play in the Pacific Division and they're a rival, you know, ostensibly of the team that I care most about. And now the team that I care second most about. Uh, I think where this is coming from is uh, a feeling that what Vegas has, which is early success, right, early and frequent success, it's the feeling that we get sometimes, which is just the truth of being a human being in the world, life isn't fair. And with, by that, I mean, I know that's a very broad statement. The early success that's been enjoyed by the team and their fans, it has not necessarily been earned over time. And that's what almost every other franchise, right, with Seattle excluded, uh, has dealt with, is the ups and downs that you experience over time. And most of the time, it's down. You don't win the Stanley Cup every year. You don't get to go to the conference final every year. You don't even make the playoffs every year. You might not go to the playoffs for a long, long time, for many years. But in the short window that Vegas has existed, uh, the opposite has been true. And I think that's tough for some people to come to terms with. And it's also, it's easy. Everyone loves a winner. The, the cliche exists for a reason. The fan base has really been treated to something almost unprecedented in the history of professional sports. This level of success, having it be sustained for this way over the course of more than half a decade, that's really rare. And I don't think a lot of people love it, John. So here's the thing for me, because I'm going to acknowledge all your points and say that you're correct in your assessment, but I want to say this in a direct question to those comments. You might not like everything that was seemingly given, but did you expect the same success and everything else that they had in year one? You still got to be able to draft the players in the system in front of you, get a coaching staff, and make the success your own. Let's say if there's other GMs out there, would you have selected the same players that Vegas did and be able to bring all that stuff together? I don't think they would. I'm going to go ahead and take this a step further. Look, I understand this might be a spoiled franchise as far as me with the Detroit Red Wings, but I'll say this to you. Success is a cyclical thing. All these all-in push-ins are going to set the team back faster than uh, Seattle because Seattle's on the front foot. I never understood the topic personally of thinking that teams have to pay for their dues. Again, I know I'm a fortunate Red Wings fan that was grown outside of the Dead Wings and the Dead Things era, but I do remember Mike Illich, God rest his soul, having to give away cars to get fans to go back into Olympia and part of Joe Lewis. Again, the Red Wings didn't win a cup. I know from the original six side it was quite a bit, but they didn't win one from 55 to 97. That's 42 years. They almost thought about trading their captain, Steve Eisenman, to Ottawa, and also it was said that you couldn't win with a player like that. But now you have the Red Wings on the side. They haven't won since 2008. I understand even 99 for a Stars fans like him. But with Ken Holland, he bolted after the salary cap area and left to go to Drysaddle and McDavid to put the Red Wings in a nuclear wasteland situation. So you never hear Cooper and I complain about our own teams on that side of it because that's what sports is all about. It's cyclical. The only thing I would ever get upset about is having a GM and stuff like that that doesn't understand and doesn't value success and try to win. That's what makes me angry, not things like Vegas. 
Yeah, John, no, it's, I think your comments are well taken. You and I definitely are of the same mind uh, in, in this regard. And, and I think a really good piece that you pointed out is the fact that, uh, you know, this doesn't happen by magic. These GMs um, are tasked with uh, massive choices, building a franchise from the ground up. And uh, that's a big piece of it as well. This could have just as easily gone the other way uh, for Vegas. They could have been what you would consider a typical expansion franchise and sort of been irrelevant, cannon fodder for however many years. Um, it just happens to be the complete opposite side of the coin. But that's credit to the front office. It's credit to the coaches that have been there to lead these players and the players themselves. Um, and that small core that still remains there, that carries that. We talked about this with the... Uh, Gerard Gallant, and if he potentially becomes the head coach of the Flames, having an identity that you carry, that's piece of it, a piece of it, too. You can't just expect every franchise to have to, quote-unquote, earn it because your favorite team did, too. Right. Um, points well taken, especially about the Red Wings side as well. Even I remember the glorious times. We all think of the Red Wings as, you know, one of the top franchises in NHL history, which they are, but every franchise has downtimes. It will come for the Knights. Uh, they will have bitter pills to swallow. It's just not right now. Right now, they look like the, boy, odds-on favorite at minimum to be the Stanley Cup champion this very year. And I want to say this quickly before I talk about the coach stuff while I have uh, Cooper in here. But for Nashville, they've gone through some of the same stuff. And, boy, they've turned themselves into a pretty good franchise. And, yes, they've made a Stanley Cup final, though they haven't won. But is it really good if you're Gary Bettman on that side? To have a situation like even in Columbus, look at Arizona. They've had to share some of the same building there with the Phoenix Suns back in the 90s side. And the reason why they can never get anything going, not because they haven't had owners who are in passion, they don't even have a freaking building. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are lots of, uh, lots of areas to point out uh, that I think would put into question or call into question uh, some of the tone of those tweets that are judging the Knights. And again, listen, personally, am I ever going to be a huge fan? No. Uh, did I pick the Florida Panthers in six? Because part of me kind of hopes that's going <laughs> to be true just as a fan. Yeah. Yeah, I could be honest about that. But that, you know, I don't want to obscure it. But you know what? The way Vegas is playing and if they, listen, you want to talk about earning it? If they earn it, which they certainly are through mm -hmm. the the first five periods of this series, then they earn it. It doesn't matter how long they've been around. They are part of this great game. Uh, they are in the same mix as every other team, and they are uh, now very, very close to coming out on top. And I find that completely legitimate. That's just me. Me too, on that side. And again, it's just no superhuman fan of anything, but I'm neutral about a lot of the stuff, and I have a healthy respect for anyone that tries to pull on the same rope and win the Stanley Cup, just like all these 32 teams are trying to do. Now, I'm going to get into something that's a little bit sour on my side, I'll admit, and it's not just because of the arrival of Ohio between Michigan, but the Columbus Blue Jackets. They hired one Mike Babcock, right? And we know he won the Cup with uh, J.S. Jaguar, Ryan Getzlav, and Corey Perry in Anaheim. You won the Cup with the Detroit Red Wings when you had the leaders like Nick Lundstrom, Henrik Zetterberg, and Pavel Datsuk. I remember those situations quite well. But I also remember a couple other situations, and one of them involved the Red Wings, if you remember the mule, Johan Franzen. He went nuts against one of the series against the Colorado Avalanche and scored about 10 goals in the series. Red Wings went on to win the Cup in 2008, but times like that, you know, he lost some games. So Franzen, unfortunately... 
he took a few too many hits. And he was pressured by Mike Babcock more so than Mike Gillich to get your butt out up there and go play. I'm not going to curse, but get out there and go play and suck it up. Well, you know what happened? It turned into one of those 90s commercials, and I'll use the analogy because I remember them well. If you remember Naomi Campbell, Neve Campbell, this is your brain on drugs and throwing the egg. That's what it turned his brain into with all the CTE things. That wasn't pleasant. You go over to Toronto on that side when you have the very young core of the core four on that side. You get Willie Nylander, some comments in the room. Babcock lets all that stuff surface. Pretty much kills the kid's confidence on that side. And not more of a coach killer like John Tortorella, but not much less on that side. You want to bring him into Columbus, and I get it. You got Johnny Gaudreau, you got a top four pick on this side. You're hungry for success because Columbus has never been relevant as soon as they stepped on the ice. When you're bringing in someone like Mac Babcock, they'll get you in a situation where your team's going to get better. But in the long term, do you really want all the other narratives falling along on that side? There's a reason why it didn't come out in Detroit. Because when you have guys like Datsuk, Zetterberg, Ledstrom, Chelios, they're professional enough to keep things in the locker room despite how much of a bitter pill it can be to play with coaches like that. But I think Columbus made the absolute boneheaded move that they can make. And even he was relegated to the college side because there was a lot of controversy that followed Mike Babcock. I hated the decision, and I think that they're going to regret it big time. Yeah, boy, John, there's not much more I can say. You really summed it up. Uh, again, as is often the case, you and I have similar mindsets about this. And, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna reference something that's near and dear to my heart, which is, of course, uh, the time of uh, Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary. And, you know, he chooses to exit. And I think it's no secret that part of that choice is, uh, you know, not maybe not even the majority, but just part of that choice is not wanting to come back and play for a coach like Daryl Sutter. Now, Mike Babcock, Daryl Sutter, certainly not the same person, not the same coach with the same exact same style. But I am getting my the bells are ringing that there could be a similar situation where, on paper, the owners, the folks making the hires, hiring decisions, think to themselves, "Okay, we want somebody with a winning pedigree." Okay, we look at a Daryl Sutter. Okay, serious. He's maybe a little harsh on his players, but he gets the best out of them. And look, he's got his name on the Stanley Cup multiple times. Well, that sounds very similar to the man you just described, John. Okay. Yep, this guy takes the game seriously. All right, he's a little harsh on his players, but you know what? They can handle it. They're professionals. That's what we pay him for. And he's got his name on the cup a couple of times. But look out. All I'm saying is look out. Even if there's not some meltdown in the first year, John, how long did the second tenure of Daryl Sutter last in Calgary? Just a handful of years. And it ended pretty unceremoniously. I would expect something similar moving forward in Columbus. Again, I'm not trying to sit there and throw, spew hate and everything else, but I've known what happened from the Red Wings side. We've seen it in Toronto, and I understand some people can go out there and call some of these players soft. You're in hockey. These players are not soft, and they're talking about mentalities, and everything is different for a lot of these other players. When you put yourself through the ringer, it's not just about going back home into your family. It's about being on the ice, being in your day-to-day, -day, having your self-confidence, having everything else. Your coach is supposed to make you better, but your coach is always supposed to empower you, not take everything else away from you like you can against some players. 
I know Mike Babcock's a winner. I know his winning percentage is great. And as you said, it has his name on the cup multiple times. But you can only drive that so far down the road before it blows up in your face. And for a team like Columbus, I know they dealt with a lot of injuries, but I still feel like, even though last year we expected them with Goudreau to maybe make a playoff push, they're probably even farther away than I realize. You might want to start with someone that's going to be able to have a longer tenure. Yeah, I agree. Um, you've really said it all. I, you know, I, I don't want to add anything because I don't think there's much more to add. You, you did a great job summarizing that, and I, I agree with you fundamentally. Um, you know, and look, yeah, these guys get paid a lot, so I don't necessarily feel bad. Do the air quotes? I don't feel bad for Johnny Gaudreau or the players, but I do have concerns about if they will be encouraged to be themselves encouraged to reach their full potential in a way that works for them or if they'll be forced into some uh you know kind of a box or system that may or may not get the most out of the blue jackets roster so uh obviously there's a lot to be determined and uh the, the outlook right now i would say is if not outright grim john uh it certainly doesn't put a smile on my face yeah and again we'll leave it there i'm glad that we got through all those uh Comments and discussions throughout the intermission. We had some lively ones, and now all the audio and everything else has been holding up on this side, so everything's been good. You know what else is good? I see Jack Eichel on the ice in the players' bench. My goodness, what a surprise. What a pleasant spot. Talk about smiles on our faces. There is one on my face right now. That is not something that I expected, not something you expected. Uh, what a great turn of events to know that, that he's able to come back and, and continue to play after taking... Again, one of the biggest hits, open ice hits I've seen uh, in many, many, many years in hockey. What, what a trooper, Jack Eichel. And declare front scores! Florida scores 14 seconds in the third! My goodness, John, now listen, I, I should take myself off the broadcast because I actually am not in front of the feed anymore, so I can't even add anything right now. I'm just dead weight on the broadcast, John. So you take it, my friend, but listen... Duclair scores in game one, now he scores in game two. Big moments for number 10 in white. And uh, listen, if Florida's going to have any opportunity, they've done exactly what they need to do. Just a few seconds, first shift into the third, get one on the board. It was a play there from Declare and Lindell. Lindell might have got the last piece of it. It bounced off of Martinez's skate, and now Florida... Gets the goal. They break up seven unanswered for Vegas. There's tons of time left. And now you have to just kind of chip away from these five-minute markers. As it's 24 shots on goal to 18 now. Florida finally on the board. Vegas has this now in their own end. Again, game three will be on Thursday. I'll be here with you on that side. As far as... Saturday, I will not be because I have to go to a wedding. So unless there's a sweep, we'll be able to cover the cup finals. So Florida needs to get this push. They got and got it early, and they need to continue this. Sent back around the end boards now for White Cloud as his pass gets picked off. And now Verhage centered it on in front. Bennett can't find it. Montour does. As here comes a slap shot. This one goes high and off the boards as Florida tries to get this one back out. It takes a bounce. But Vegas will be able to clear this one down the ice. So it's from Lundell and Declare as it's been iced. Yeah, and John, you know, I, I, this may be the moment. I'm, I'm glad I was able to hang on. And I, I, 
I loathe having to leave the broadcast early, especially with the development here uh, in the, the early portion of this third period. But uh, I may take myself off the broadcast here. You may or may not have heard. I actually had to jump in the car, so I'm going. Yeah. I've got my, I got the phone on in the in the in the holder, but um, I'll let you take it from here. I'll stick out for another another few minutes to see uh, what develops. But uh, just giving you the heads up right now. So, what's an early return for Thursday? Do you think you think you're going to be on here for Game Three? Yeah, listen, knowing your situation with Saturday uh, and and. Wishing you and your family all the best, of course. Um, I'm going to absolutely find a way to make it work. Uh, I know that sometimes it's a little unorthodox with uh, speakerphones and cutting it short on my side, but uh, thanks for always being flexible. And yeah, I'm thinking it's thumbs up for Thursday. All right, sounds good, man. I appreciate it. We're going to carry through the rest of it, then I will give you the coverage. But right now, it's a chance for Florida to go ahead and pick this up now. Racco Gudis. Goes a little bit too far for him. Jack Eichel, unbelievably, he is back out there. He's got the puck now near the left side of the red line. Here's a centering pass, breakaway, and a score for Marcuso. It was 1-0, and Jack Eichel set it up. What a scene. Well, John, this is incredible. I still wish. Now, the irony that I, have, I don't have it in front of my eyeballs, but I do have your play-by-play. -play. So even though I'm on the broadcast, I'm basically listening like a fan. And Vegas answers back. Boy, Florida with the punch, counter-punch Vegas Golden Knights. And I, I have to say it. I love that Jack Eichel's in on the play. What a huge moment for number nine. We talked about him prior to him taking the hit. Now we're talking about him about getting on the score sheet, making a difference in so many ways for his team. The four-goal cushion is restored. That is incredible there. Amadio trying to break it loose. They get it back to Eichel after pinning his man across the boards. He finds a chance for Marceso, who continues to find the soft spots in the defense. And he was all alone right out in front. I cannot believe it. But Eichel, again, you don't have to score goals to be a dynamo. He's been all over this thing of the playoffs. He's been excellent. Yep, no question about it. And again, one of the biggest narratives now, one of the biggest storylines in this Stanley Cup final, uh, the play of Jack Eichel and the fact that he was able to bounce back tonight, uh, all credit to him. So, so impressive, just like the rest of his team, Vegas, just unrelenting tonight. They look like they're going to run away with this game at the very least. Absolutely. Five goals to one, 19 shots to 25. Florida's got the edge on that end, but they're back down by four again. So as soon as you were feeling good within the first 13 seconds, if you're a Florida fan, Vegas said, taste some of this medicine, and it's bitter. As it's picked up now for Carlson, one of the original tenured Golden Knights, and this will be a cross-checking call, and we're going to have to see what's going to be on. I believe it might be Montour of the Florida Panthers, or Verhege, excuse me. So everything that has gone wrong could go wrong. Yeah, you know, you have that flash uh, of hope there with Duclair's goal, and then it's uh, snatched away so quickly after. Uh, now we're going to follow up with a penalty kill for the Panthers tonight. Absolutely not their night, uh, but John, it was a great night. I'm unfortunately I will leave you now, my friend, uh, and, and stay on uh, as as long as possible. I'm not going to be able to jump back on the mic, but I'll stay on the broadcast as long as I can. Thanks for having me on tonight, my friend. I appreciate it, man. I will see you on the Thursday side. Good luck to you. You got it. And, uh, and thanks to the other guys, Alec and, and the boys. Thanks for joining in as well. Enjoy the rest of the game. We'll see you on Thursday. So Vegas. 
has a power play here, and they just showed it on the TNT side, which is good on their part. The goal that was just scored, Florida only had four players on the ice, so not only, not only are they getting beat man-to-a-man on that side, they don't even have enough personnel on the ice to be able to stop goals against them as this puck gets iced. So 141 left to go in the Vegas power play. Shots on goal read 25-19. Third period's got 16-39 left as we get the TNT feed. Again, I appreciate you, Prince, Ian, and Alec on this side as we're going to get set to finish this off. Cooper Hopkins was able to drum me for the most of this. We'll be back on the Thursday side when this is done. But I will have the feeling in my stomach I was hoping not for a sweep because I won't be here for Saturday, but who knows on this side. So Theodore, his pass is broken up as it's sent back down, and Aiden Hill will get a chance to touch. And what a luxury for Aiden Hill on this side because, again, he's been quite a story, but he's also got the uh, balloon of offense out in front of him as Stone's pass gets picked off. It's going to fall to Chandler Stevenson in a centering feed. Carlson will try to go ahead and win the race as Stone will settle it back down the defense. Vegas getting situated. Eichel near the right side dot patient. As near the right side red line, Eichel gets it back. He doesn't shoot. He loves his stick handle. It's not like Ovechkin on that side. He will make sure that he gets a measured pass. His chance goes wide, but it still worked patiently in behind the net for Stone. And now Eichel on that same spot near the right dot. Jack's got it. Here for Stone, he eludes a player that was falling down and a centering pass goes dangerously wide across the blue paint to the left side of the crease. Here's Stone again as he eludes something. It's Marceau trying to get this across the right side wall. Here's a chopped puck that gets sent down by Lumberg and now Aiden Hill's got it. 15 seconds left to go in the Vegas power play. Again, I don't think the power play goals are not most concerned. I don't imagine Vegas slipping away from a four-goal lead. This is a sent back for Petrangelo, just holding the blue line as Martinez. Late arriving Riley Smith. It was blocked out in front. Alex Lyon got a piece of it. And Vegas keeps it in with the mustard gold. Got it now. Here's a chance that goes wide near the left side wall. Here's a slapper from Martinez that goes back around the horn. Petrangelo just holds up blue line, but the pass goes up into the netting and out of play. 14:44 left to go in this third. If you're a fan at T-Mobile Arena, you're already feeling very good about yourself. You knew that Vegas, you would imagine, and Cooper and I did talk about this, for everything good that Florida has done. Again, if they were in the West... They wouldn't even be in the playoffs right now, but Vegas, even though they won the West and they've been consistently one of the best teams in the league, it's probably fair to say that they've been running under the radar a little bit, wouldn't you think? And now they get a chance to possibly take a 2 nothing series lead, and with every second that continues to pass, looks more and more likely. Here's a face-off win now, as this bounces off one of the Panthers and will settle back down for Forsling. Puck hits Wah in the face up toward his visor, but he looks no worse for wear. But this is in the de defensive end as Montour will send it across. And here's a wrist shot that goes way wide off the right side of the glass. Florida able to keep it in, and Montour shoots it nowhere close. Not even intentionally wide. I can't even fathom that. As this is picked up off the chip, Vegas gets this out of the defensive zone. But it's a rush off of one-on-two. Vegas wins the battle, takes a heavy hit on the other side from Bennett as 
This will get cleared, at least to the neutral zone, and Carter Verhage gets a chance to pick this up. Look, this isn't even a situation where you want some of the big boys like Barkov, Verhage, Kachuk, anyone else to answer. You're looking for anybody on Florida to try to find an answer of Vegas because all four lines have beaten all four lines on the Florida side. As Lyon made a save that bounced up into his goal stick from a long slap shot, Stone can't hold the blue line. And now Vegas will get a chance to recollect it with Theodore and pick it back up off the backhand. We'll try to race him across the blue line side, and this gets picked off. And now here's an opportunity for Anthony DeClaire. Blows a tire, throws a pass out in front. Here comes a slap shot off the rebound, but this goes way wide and all the way back down the ice. So Bobrovsky will settle it down, and it'll be an opportunity for Casey Fitzgerald now. Again, he's going to play even more time because Gudis, he's just not been able to return into action. As this is flipped in off the backhand, Riley Smith tried to get a piece of it, but he will get it now off a second effort. A beautiful play there for Vegas as they'll get this from Marcisau. Boy, has he been good. Not even with a couple of goals. He had a couple of stick chops there just to keep it in the zone. Eichel will spin. Marceau feeds it out in front. First to get to it is Eichel. He'll stick drag near the blue line side. Here's Martinez. Back to Jack in the middle of a slot. And a great glove saved by Alex Lyon. Tracked it the whole way. I know Eichel shook his head a little bit because he wants to get a goal. But he's getting assists and points all the way across the board. We're going to take a commercial break right now as they're playing Little John. I know he's a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. And they're throwing shots out there. But, I mean, come on. It's a party in Vegas right now. And all the shots that we're seeing on the ice as far as what they're showing on the TNT packages. A lot of punches to the head and heavy hits. Florida might be winning those battles, but they're losing the scoring battles. We go to break 5-1. As this is sent back around now, and this is recollected by Florida in their own end, and Stahl will get a piece of it. Again, Paul Maurice has had to mix up a little bit of his lines there because of a injury issue for Casey Fitzgerald. Another chance goes just for Stone, and it was stopped by a piece of Alex Lyons' right side of his pads, that could have been 6-1. Here's a fluttering pass. Vegas will pick it up. Carlson's got it near the right side dot. He'll spin. Get around the Florida defense. Couple of stick drags there. Ekblad trying to make something happen. Here's a fake the slap for Martinez. And now Riley Smith. He'll spin. Keep it alive. Windmill move. And now it's finally picked up by Stahl before this is put in across the red line. Aiden Hill will get a stick on it. As this Alex Petrangelo coughs it up, here's a short side chance, but Aiden Hill will get his blocker on it. In Vegas, now with Nick Waugh, will gain the entry the other way. Shovel pass near the left side dot will get picked off. And Florida has to get back near the right side red line and recollect. Brandon Montour will have it. It's 11.20 left to go in this third. And around the net now. We'll see if Florida can try to find anything else offensively again. You kind of figure that this game is done at this point, but still, if you're Florida, you want to make sure that you take all of your offensive entries. And I, I would treat this honestly like a scrimmage. You want to make sure that you do everything else correctly, that you get to carry over as Florida goes off sides. As, as simple as that sounds, you still have to find something on Thursday at FLA Live Arena. Look, you're down 2 nothing in the series. You were down 2-0 against the Boston Bruins, and you were able to come back and find a way. Was Boston, because they were considered the best regular season team of all time, because they were points and everything across, but are they that much better than Vegas? 
or is Vegas just playing better than anything you could have expected at this point? It's something that you got to really think about going into game three, but we got 11 minutes left to go here in the third. So Barkov loses a neutral zone draw. And this will be an opportunity now for Braden McNabb. Not to call his name too much. But McNabb's pass. Lyon thought it was going to be iced. It's not. So 10.45 left to go on this third. John Andre with you on the play-by-play. Cooper Hopkins was able to join most of this with me. He was listening in. And we still got Ian and Alec on that side. You guys have been through the whole way through. And I appreciate you. This is picked up off the backhand. Barkov trying to get a piece of it. And this will be recollected off the flip. Used off the window now in Aaron Eckblatt. He's got it. 10.25 off the go in this third. The shots on goal read 26-23. But that's not really particularly important at this point because Vegas has been off the front foot and they've not really played a shell. They've still scored, but they just make sure they don't give up anything too much. And when you already spot Aiden Hill with many goals as you have, considering how well he's played, that's a recipe for disaster for any opponent, not just Florida. But this is an official ice, and now we get close to the halfway point of the third. Mercifully, 5-1 lead for Vegas. So, the next game in this series is I'll pull up some of the preview notes and all that. I'll have to go back and make sure, because when I'm working with Cooper on that, so I don't get a time when I'm by myself to go ahead and type in all these notes, then I'll have to make sure I take a couple extra beats before we... Uh, Get the story and everything else published. Again, Alec does a lot more detail even than I do. But you got to make sure you follow his coverage on his Wix site. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'm not just throwing plugs because you're in here. I mean that wholeheartedly. But it's sent back around from the Thursday side as far as this coverage upcoming. That will be Thursday, June 8th. Again, everything about 815 Puck Drop at FLA Live Arena. I'm going to miss Saturday. And if we do get a situation where it's 3-0 and Vegas lifts the cup, it's probably going to be a delayed call for me. I know it's going to be a bummer on that side for some of you, but I will get the call on that side and uh, give you that, even though it might just be solo. As this will be sent in, saved by Hill, near the left side of the red line. Recollected now by Bennett, but this bounces off the referee. And here's a play. William Carlson and off the break, a backhand pass, and it's a goal! Michael Ambadio! Good job on the other way for Vegas. I know it was kind of a broken play between the referee, but as easy as you like. And Vegas takes a 6-1 lead. And now I am getting the flashbacks of Game 2 of last year when Colorado absolutely stopped the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-0. Well, how far away is a 6-1? It was Carlson off to the races after it got... Brushed by the referee, he set up Amadio, he's all by his lonesome, nothing Lyon can do, he couldn't even slide over because Montour was in his way. This is an implosion, if you can call it that, 6-1 Golden Knights. 9-20 left to go in the third, and for everything that we've talked about Alec on this side, you know what, considering I know you're listening in, if you're following along, I might as well get you in here and get your thoughts because you've been a complete trooper on this side as this is picked in off the backhand and recollected now by the Florida defense. And we'll start again, but Alec, just give me your immediate thoughts. Oh my, you said it perfectly. This gives me flashbacks as well over to last year's game too. 
when Colorado did that 7 nothing demolishing over Tampa Bay. It's been all Vegas this time. The Western Conference team imposing their will throughout this game left and right. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you got it with the Vegas and six. I think you might even uh, might want to move up some of those numbers there on this side as Ekblad. We'll get a piece of this now, and this will just get away from Colin White. Again, Florida's in a situation with these two games where they're just trying to look for any sort of comfort as this goes up and out of play. And I'll tell you, any sort of comfort here, and, and, and all the comfort they're getting is just scattered. Or there's barely any sort of comfort for Florida, Florida throughout the finals. Need I note something? 26 of Matthew Kachuk's 50 penalty minutes have come in these two finals games. Let's see, big proponent on that side. Ian, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, John. And there was so there was something you and Cooper were discussing, you know, whether or not there, you know, there's going to be some saltiness to, from other fan bases where they've earned it. Listen, I can tell you, look, I only... I haven't been watching hockey full-time that long, but I but I picked up the Blues because they were the closest one to where I was going to college, right? But, but let me be clear. I went ahead and looked at their history. They were a legacy of failure for the longest time. And you know what? I have no animosity towards what's the, what the Knights are doing. Because if you think you can load up and capture that first cup for your fan base, I'll tell you what, having a cup to, to hold on to when, when the team starts going downhill, after a while it starts to lose its luster, but you still have it. Alright? I'd rather... I'd, if, I'm an, if I'm a Golden Knights fan, or hell, if I'm a fan of any fan base, if I have to go through a stretch where times are hard, I'd rather be I'd rather be like the Red Wings and the Blackhawks, where I have cuffs to hold on to, than, than let's say a Sharks fan, where all those years it was close but no cigar, and then finally and then finally, you know, the dam breaks. Yeah. And and they sink back to the bottom. So I have no animosity toward what the Knights are doing. Their managers are currently their manager is doing what every fan base wishes their manager would do and going and going everything out to win. Yeah, absolutely on that side. Again, I just I can't believe it. I know we talk about it in some of the preview things and I like has done so as well. I'm quite frankly sure of it. When Bruce Cassidy was let go by the Boston Bruins how easy of a hire is that? You can get him the very next day if you're Vegas. I mean, it, you make no mistake. He was right there for the taking for the Vegas Golden Knights after they let go of Pierre DeBoer, and this was the correct hire for Vegas. I felt that Bruce Cassidy getting let go by Boston, I get the feeling to me that it was a scapegoat firing by the Bruins. 
And certainly, again, if anyone denies that, I think they're just flat out wrong. I have to say it, because I feel like you can think about Sweeney now, but Cassidy's definitely the better coach. So back underneath the action now, it's picked up by Bennett, and this is going to be a goal for the Florida Panthers, unless the goal light went on. But I do see Kachuk back on the ice, and Florida's got one. So let's see here. So backhand by Bennett. Yeah, that, that is in. Matthew Kachuk fresh off his 10-minute misconduct after that violent hit on Jack Eichel. And even though as of right now Eichel is getting the last lap, it's 6-2 Vegas. Kachuk up to 10 goals in the postseason. The initial save, and Kachuk banks it in on the rebound. Maybe Florida could take this into Game 3 if they were to reestablish momentum. And Kachuk now, again, it's not going to be a situation where he goes two games without a point. That's all done on that. It's 10th goal of the postseason for Kachuk. So a lot of the heavy hitters in between uh, Carlson, Marceau, Kachuk, they're all up in the double digits now. So again, as you said, Alec on that side, it's 6-2. Florida's going to try to find something to feel good about. They're within four now in the deficit. It's still likely done, but let's see if they can get another one here relatively quickly in the next couple of minutes. As this is picked up, again, if you're Vegas, you're going to willing to concede something. And if you're Aiden Hill, again, this doesn't take away anything that you've been doing so far. Do you think it's uh, unfair of me to give Aiden Hill some low-key con Smythe considerations, or do you think I'm out to lunch on that? No, it's not unfair to give Aiden Hill any con Smythe consideration because he's been playing out of his mind ever since he stepped in for an injured Lauren Broswan game three against Edmonton. He didn't look back from that point forward. Though, you, you split this up between, I say, Jack Eichel, Aiden Hill, and maybe I'd say Jonathan Marcheseau, or maybe some Dark Horse consideration to Ivan Barbashev. I think those are all very good keys by you, and the fact that we can even talk about Barbashev in the same way I know Ian talk about it too, as far as the trade acquisitions and everything that were made, I mean, he's just put his footprints and handprints in this in front and center. As this is picked up now, and this will be recollected off the backhand for Sarsha Barkov. He'd be another one of those pieces you want to look to. As this gets centered out in front, and this is blocked near the right side of the goal crease. Aiden Hill trying to make sure this doesn't go across the line, but we don't have clarification just yet. Oh, this one's going to be close. I think one of the Vegas defensemen was helping out Aiden Hill on preventing this from going all the way. We'll need to take a look at this from the overhead camera. So it was behind it. It's the left pad of Hill. Hill was facing the, facing the back wall. I believe it was Shea Theodore helping out Hill on that. So it, I don't think this crossed the line fully. No, I don't think so. I think, I think uh, it major assist to Shea Theodore. Holy cow, Shea Theodore. You guys called it there. Right on the doorstep. Good luck on the overhead cam. Just got that before it went across the red line. Yeah. Just before it would cross completely. And, and now Matthew Kachuk is headed down the tunnel once again. Wow. Hey, John. Yes. So, to your point about Aiden Hill having caught my consideration, no, it's not. It's perfectly reasonable. I mean, think about it like this, right? Robin Lehner is is out for the season. Mm -hmm. They have Laurent Brossois as the main as the main goalie. I think he was the main goalie for most of the season. Yeah. Or, or well, well, well first late in the season, 
right. Logan Thompson, yeah. Thompson. Right. He needs to be a starter. Right. First it was Logan Thompson. Then he got injured. Then it was then it was Brassois for most for most of the way. He gets injured in the playoffs, and you're left with Aiden Hill. If you were to ask any hockey fan, including some Vegas Golden Knights fans, they would have been like, "Yeah, this might not go well." He's he and he's been and he's been playing. Dare I? Dare I make this? Dare I make this? Um, this comparison, Alex. He's been playing. He's been playing like like 2009 Mark Andre Fleury. He's been playing out of his mind. I love that comparison, Ian. When you compare Aiden Hill to 2009 Mark Andre Fleury, that is a testament to something. Especially when you realize that Fleury played the 2018 playoff run with the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. So I like that. You're not going to get any disagreement from me. I think he's been that good. I think some of the other comparisons that I heard from some of the analysis, not even just NHL Network or ESPN or wherever else, saying that Aiden Hill's been a little bit unorthodox. Well, you know what? If you're stopping the puck, I don't care how you do it. you got your defense out in front of you that are cleaning up the mess. I say it's a perfect storm of everything right now. And I would challenge any other team right now, whoever came out of the West, if it wasn't Vegas, to play this well against a Florida team that people were calling not only the team of destiny, but slayed all their opponents in a devastating fashion for the most part when they were even lucky to get in. If they didn't play two and a half, min- two and a half months of lights out hockey, they wouldn't even be here. Yeah, now I will, now I will play some devil's advocate for Bobrovsky. Where's the closeout defense for Florida? Vegas has had way too much time to shoot the puck. That's something that we talked about when Cooper was in here on this. I think he nailed it on that side. I know Alex thinking the same thing. And again, here's another opportunity for Vegas. And this was brushed away late by Florida. But they finally get this away from Lyon. He's trying to gain the entry now off the wrist shot. This one goes wide. Recollected by Montour, who puts this off the left side of the window. And now being an opportunity for Gustav Forsling, as he's got it. He'll just pank this pass off the embankment as it's stolen by the Mustard Gold. Again, they're going to be going right to left for the rest of this third period. Don't know how much of it, realistically, because they're already up by four. But it's 30-26 to 26 on the shot board for Florida. Again, in Florida's wins, out of you know, 11 out of 12, they were outshot and got the victory. Both of these games, they're out front of the shot board, so I don't know if that tells you everything you need to know, but... On that side, Florida's defense has got to be better. The time and space has been wide open, and I think the physicality has been concentrated probably a little bit too much for Florida on that side. We know that's the way they like to play, but Vegas, they don't care the way they play. They can throw anything in your face and be successful. Xblad's pass will bounce off of one of the Golden Knights. It'll keep this in play. Exact White Cloud now will get a chance. Get this off the backhand, and this will be shoveled in across the red line. There'll be an opportunity for Alex Lyon to make a pass that gets almost intercepted across the blue line. Could it be a semi-break for Florida. Shot goes wide. Anton Lindell, he was off of a partial rush, but he didn't have a lot of time to get his shot off. Here's some late entry there for Ryan Lumberg, Colin White. Again, this is off the top of my head. Doesn't it seem like the fourth line has gotten a ton of time for the Panthers here, Alec, or am I crazy? 
Well, when your best player throughout the first game was Eric Stahl, that is alarming if you're right. Florida Panthers. You need to get your best players to step up, and that means Matthew Kachuk, Sasha Barkov, Carter Verhage, Sam Reinhardt. They made up most of the goals throughout the first, throughout the Eastern Conference Finals. We're getting some scrappiness here over late in this game, and some players are bound to head down the tunnel and be impromptu ejected. It certainly seems that way. The camera cut far away from the TNT coverage. You see Keegan Kolsar going to go ahead. So Kolsar got a hit on Stahl, didn't get him all the way into the player's bench. And then we got some pushing and shoving in between that fourth line. That's all they're showing right now. You know, I know the Florida's venting their frustrations throughout these two games, but still, that something has to be done over this top six because was normally working against the other teams throughout the Eastern Conference. I don't think Vegas is going to fall for that. No. Vegas is definitely not, especially against a well-coached team like we have Bruce Cassidy as the opposing team's coach. Yeah, and like, go ahead. I just want to make this point about the fact that how Vegas easily got Bruce Cassidy. This just goes to show, and for, for Boston, the failure of the boys' club. It's it hurts more than it helps. Is Declare gonna be taking a seat? He's gone. Wow. I think there is a collision. Yeah, I think it's one too many shoves from Declare as he was t shoving down Ivan Barbashev along the blue line. And so one hit, and then there's the shove right afterwards. And I, I think Declare is headed to the box. Man. Well, I can pretty much say that <laughs> the, the coach, the head coach for Florida is like, I'm done. <laughs> what, what's, what's going on with uh, Ivan Barbashev just being such a target? I mean, he's been such a standout in these first two games. It's been unbelievable. Well, I, from what he was, I mean, when he was in St. Louis... Sure, he could shoot, but he was there. He was there to hit people, and and he could, and he could, and he could, and he could lay lay the boom on people. But but the fact of the matter is, from actually from what oh shoot, now now Eric Stahl's <laughs> gone to the back. Are we gonna have enough players to be able to complete this game? Or are we just gonna write it off? My goodness. <laughs> I wonder, John. just made one of the greatest saves I've seen. If it wasn't for the scoreline, we'd be giving him a standing ovation. Yeah, but oh. um, it appears that the Florida Panthers, it appears that the Florida Panthers have, t have decided to take the Florida man Uh, this is uh, beyond ugly on some of that stuff. We'll have to key in on that part of it once this uh, recorder is done because I want to know what you guys are talking about <laughs> as this is sent in now. And Vegas will get a chance off the power play. It's not like they need any more. But again, I think Alex Lyon probably asserted himself pretty well, all things considered. 
I don't know if there's going to be a goaltending controversy going into Game 3. Again, I don't think there would be one between Bobrovsky and Lyon. Both of them are capable. The only thing Florida needs to make an adjustment on is not only defense, but their offense has to be found a hell of a lot more than it is right now. 6-2 to two is the score line. 2.30 left to go in this third. you got a minute left to go in the Vegas power play. There's going to be so many other notes as far as this game story. I feel like I'm going to be up for a while. As this is sent back all the way down across the ice. Aiden Hill will touch it with the stick as it's ripped back around by Petrangelo. And now Florida will try to get to it. But now Vegas. It's a two-on-two, two, a late-arriving three-on-two. This is going to be a goal for Vegas again. It's shooting practice, seven-to-two. Touchdown and the extra point. Brett Howden with the goal. That's another point to this, John. Why? Why I think Vegas. Not only will Vegas win, but why I'm now thinking Vegas will will perform the sweep. Look at what their death pieces have done. Forget, yeah. Forget Mar. Forget Marcheseau's like the twelve or thirteen playoff goals for a second. Look at what their death has done throughout these playoffs. Not even this, just these two games, and, and even just these two games. Brett Howden, uh, I think I, I don't know. I don't remember if Colasar got one, but Zach Whitecloud with Amadio? the shot. Mm -hmm. Game one, Amadio. Alec Martinez. Yeah. They're all getting some. They're all getting a piece. And that's why we profiled all that stuff. I know Alex doing this to coverage. And honestly, Alec, I hope that when I do some of these things, I don't step on your toes if you wanted to cover the cup finals. Because, again, you're free to do whatever you want on that side. But I feel like game four, again, I'm not going to be here for that side. I think you and Ian will be calling a Stanley Cup lift as far as I'm concerned right now from what I'm seeing. You know, that depends on how, how my voice feels right after the Champions League final, which I, I'll be covering earlier that day. So mm -hmm. maybe would I be wanting to get in touch with Cooper on that one as well and have him do the play-by-play -play as if my voice feels not uh, feeling like doing the play-by-play -by, -play by that time in that, in that sense. I'll have to make sure on that side I would at least even uh... – record that side so I can at least upload it because I know you guys are going to be doing a great job. I don't ever want to take away from anything that you're doing on that side because I know we're all friends and we all appreciate all this stuff, but I would just feel bad if I couldn't do it. But right now, who's feeling bad is uh, Florida Panthers. They're getting pasted. And now we're getting some more physicality. Well, game is basically all, all but over. One nineteen to go. And, and Vegas with the touchdown, the extra point, just like Colorado did last year. Well, funnily enough, both Colorado and Vegas have a very, very similar goal horn. Isn't that ironic? The way that it all is this very is going, ironic. The way that all this is going right now with Game 2, at least in the part of the Open, I mentioned this because I know that you covered all of it yesterday. Could Florida, and now Cousins is going to the room. I can't keep track of all of this anymore. But what I will say is we were wondering in the open if Florida could do what the Miami Heat did right now. The answer is no with an exclamation point. Oh, God, oh. Nick Cousins is gone. <laughs> it's been getting so ugly. Look at the bench. Look at the Florida bench. It's the plaintiff. There's no one there. 
I know that we're all doing our broadcast. I'll give Florida this. Uh, it's not as depleted as the Penguins Islanders ball back in 2011. You, uh, it, you could definitely say that. I know that we're all doing broadcasts in different locations, but if we were close enough to T-Mobile, we might have to suit up for the last minute because that's how crazy this thing has gotten. As this is flipped up in the air, all that's left is the crying now, but not for any of the T-Mobile fans on that side for Vegas. They're going to take a commanding 2-0 series lead, and as this is sent back around the horn, again, we will give the definitive call, and then I have to ask a question to Alec and Ian on this side and just give their thoughts in real time. That's why we're doing this broadcast, but I will take the final 35 seconds here. So this is recollected now for Vegas. This will be an opportunity for Petrangelo, Martinez, the towels continue to wave. It's going to essentially be a game of keep away at this point, and everybody's going to be happy about it. As it's going to be a 2 nothing series lead for Vegas. And if we're being honest with ourselves, we've known it for some time, maybe even since the first period. That's kind of the way that it's gone right now. As a long shot, saved by Aiden Hill. He's going to touch it. Montour wants a piece of somebody. And they're going to blow the play dead with seven seconds left. Again, another late camera cut. But we can let each other know what we see. Montour now, Bennett, Howden, everybody trying to get in the mix of it with Verhage. Again, this is all Florida can do because they're not uh, pushing Vegas around at all. No. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to um, bring your attention to some. Um, bring your attention to something, gentlemen. They just posted our on the TNT feed. They posted a stat where Vegas has 12 goals for the first two games of the series. That is tied for the most goals in the first two games of a final series. It didn't say with who. As they're just they're continuing to add to their postseason lore. I know it's only been six years for Vegas, but they've put themselves two wins away from lifting a Stanley Cup, and again, They've doubled their win total from 2018 in the finals. That is it, just amazing how a team can be so successful in just six years of existence. Five or six times making the postseason and two Stanley Cup finals runs to add to that. Four times they reached the conference finals and now they're making their deepest run yet. Getting closer to Lord Stanley's finest hardware. I, I, I'm jealous of this Vegas franchise. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I think that also kind of bleeds into some of the stuff that we talked about. I know Ian mentioned it in the uh, second period when I talked about some of the comments from the Stars fan and threw that out there. So once we get through the first uh, last seven seconds, I should say, I'm going to throw a couple questions to both of you, and then I will get the heck out of here as far as doing the coverage, but we will be, be, be back on the Thursday side with the 8.15 Eastern Puck Drop. Cooper Hopkins will be with me on that one. I hope you gentlemen listen in. And again, if he leaves early, I'll be able to get you guys all in there. I just want to make sure on that side that everything else is all squared away. So again, I appreciate you guys listening along nonetheless. It's not like I don't want to get you in there. As it's sent back around now, two seconds down to one. And the Vegas Golden Knights, they've taken a commanding 2-0 lead in the series of the Stanley Cup Finals, and the Florida Panthers have to go back to Florida with their tails between their legs. 
Well, this is very much, very different from what we saw from the Miami Heat evening the series against the Denver Nuggets. Because when we're thinking that Florida would come out with a fight, it's just falling right flat. I, I don't know what to speak of this because, man, a touchdown and an extra point for the second straight game two of a finals by a Western Conference team. The Colorado Avalanche last year in the Vegas Golden Knights this year. This was a complete effort by Vegas, left and right. You look for offense, you've got offense. You look for defense, you've got defense. You you got the pokes in, in the right defensive positions at the right times by Bruce Cassidy's team. And, and it speaks to how good of a coach that Bruce Cassidy is himself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and stick taps to Brett Howden. Two goals on the night, and, and including that sick, sick goal off the feet for Mark Stone that second period. Man, I can watch that one for, for days. That, that might have been the goal of the game here. So you know I'm going to ask this question because I have to at this point. It's where the series line is. But it's not only because where the series line is. It's, look, it's how good Vegas has looked through the first two games. Is the series over? Um, it could be. By the way, the last second post, but I just I just um, put up in the Jumbotron something from the Vegas, from the Vegas Twitter account. Tell me, tell me if you guys see it. I'll let I you know when you throw that out there. I believe it was about something about Jonathan Marchessault getting selected in the expansion draft. Well, um, that, well, that one I sent to John. But, um, <clears throat> no, this one is... Hang on, let's see oh, if I can... I see it. Cat Scott won. Chris <laughs> Paul gets a huge free to cut the lead down to 42. I, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I saw, yeah. you know what's funny, Ian, when you posted that? I wouldn't have known what the heck that you were talking about up until probably five hours ago because I saw that and someone got about two and a half million views on YouTube just to say how uh, clutch Chris Paul is. That's to say that he's not very clutch and Florida's not very clutch right now. <laughs> no, but, but to answer your question, John, I mean, at this point, you at this moment you have to say yes because look at what Vegas has done to to Flo- listen Florida this is a team they came back three down three one against against Boston made mm-hmm. them the ultimate meet they ruined the parade they ruined the Maple Leafs victory parade by by beating them. And then they swept the Hurricanes in one of the closest sweeps I've ever seen. They went toe-to-toe with them. To be honest, Vegas is... Well, look, I there's so much you can say about it, but I'm going to boil it down to this. The fact that Vegas, for their starting line, is sending out their fourth line to match up against the first line mm-hmm. of Florida, that pretty much, that that right there should tell you, Vegas is on a whole nother level. You want to play devil's advocate here, Alec, or what do you really believe? Just give me your honest thoughts. You know, I was expecting that Bruce Cassidy would send out either the Mark Stone line or the William Carlson line to match up against the Matthew Kachuk line, but he's a bold man. 
He's a man of tactics. He's going to go with the unconventional method of sending out the fourth line to go up against the Kachuk line. And it's been working. Aside from five straight periods of holding them off the score sheet, well, they've limited that line to a garbage time goal. And that goal coming in this third period. And garbage time with the game already decided. So, there is that working on for Orton Vegas' favor. Because the fourth line can not only wear their other lines down physically, they can score as well. That's evidence with Nick Waugh's goal. And what say you too? I just got to get your thoughts because Ian answered the question, but I'm going to throw it back to you, Alec. Do you believe this series to be over? but if Vegas keeps playing like this it could be over in a wrap I hope this doesn't end in a sweep I hope not yeah I think that that would be majorly disappointing not only because I can't get the game for it but hopefully you guys will be able to figure out a way to do that on that side so what we have to leave you with is a complete implosion on this side if you're a Florida fan it was a 7-2 dominant win for the Vegas Golden Knights and that was right out in front this was never a contest and Aiden Hill again quietly stopped 28 out of 30. Bobrovsky was pulled early after giving up four goals on 13 shots. We will be back for the Thursday coverage. I appreciate you guys in all honesty. I'm not just saying that because you're in here. I know we talk a lot and everything considered. When I got Cooper in here, I know we have the two-man broadcast. Anytime he can't do that, I will be messaging you guys to see if we can get anything else done. I appreciate you guys following the whole way through. And I will see you on Thursday. Good luck in the NBA Finals. I'm glad that that has turned into a series. Oh, yeah. I especially love that last defensive stop by Miami. Because Jimmy Butler's not getting enough credit for that last defensive stop by the Heat. Because mm -hmm. he knew that Nikola Jokic was going to set a pick on Gabe Benson. Jumped on it and forced Jamal Murray to run around. And contested that three-pointer, which ultimately rimmed out. And this series is tied. We got ourselves a new series here in the NBA. And that's going to be set to go tomorrow, correct? Two days from now. Two days from now, okay. So on that side, so we'll be going back to uh, Kenzie Arena. It'll be 1-1 in the series now between Miami and Denver. That'll be Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on ABC Eastern Time. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I think there was a good adjustment. Look, I understand Nikola Jokic damn near scored 50 points. But I know Ramona Shelburne got kind of shut down a little bit by Eric Spolstra. But she mentioned essentially turning Jokic into a little bit less of a playmaker. I understand that Denver, from a lot of the game that I watched, simply didn't make shots. But that's a definite propensity that Miami tried to do, whether or not Spolstra wants to admit it or not. He wanted to make sure he'd made Jokic a little bit less of a playmaker. He can't give up everything because he's an MVP. He can do it all. I'm going to go ahead and take Miami in Game 3. I'll say they'll go up 2-1 in the series. I still think Denver will get it ultimately, but I think you can get a good 6- or 7-game series. <laughs> Some Vegas fans chanting, Go Knights, go on the NHL on TNT postgame. I love the enthusiasm of them, but once you go, go back over to the NBA side of things, I like that prediction of Miami taking game three to go up 2-1 in the series. These guys are true professionals when it comes to playoff basketball. Some of the very best at it. 
and, and they have established themselves throughout this past decade or so as the class of the Eastern Conference. Don't forget about that. Absolutely. They've been doing it. And again, on that side, in between Riley and Eric Spolstra, it's, that's professionalism. Undrafted players, everything else at its finest. I know I will be a little bit busy tomorrow, so I won't be able to uh, listen in. I'll be with the fiancé on that side and then get everything settled for Wednesday because i got to go to a wedding on Saturday. But uh, good luck when you get to the point on uh, Wednesday. I hope everything else goes well. As far as the Stanley Cup Finals, we will see you back on the Thursday side. Hopefully everybody tunes in. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it, and we will talk to you then. Thank you, John. I will see you.